Shut up and sit down. Ah, the beloved bicycle. There's nothing quite like it. It's fun and good for you. I'm moving on my scraper bike. I'm cruising on my scraper bike. My scraper bike go hard. I don't need no car. Smashing on my scraper bike. Scraping on my scraper bike. Scraping on my scraper bike. 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 I know you missed me, but your favorite queen of intros is back in more pro than ever. Even though you're about to listen to the dialed podcast with Matthew Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing, we both know what you really came here for. Quote of the day from retired U.S. women's soccer player, Mia Hamm, I am building a fire, and every day I train, I add more fuel, at just the right moment, I like the match, so, I have to ask you, are you building your fire? Are you with me? Come on, let's ride! Cruising on my scraper bike, my scraper bike, oh boy, I don't need no car, smashing on my scraper bike, scraping on my scraper bike, scraping on my scraper bike, on my scraper bike, on my scraper bike, on my scraper bike. Hey, are you looking for a city bike or a, like a one buy? Do you want flat bars or drop bars? Are you looking for like a flip-flop hub fixie with bullhorns? Maybe you're like a Cat 6 racer trying to defend your KOM on Strava? Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Von Dering, and today I'm here with Evan Price. What's everybody drinking today? I'm drinking the cup of coffee that you bought me. Thank you. I know I'm already. Yes. I am also drinking that cup yeah, of coffee. What is it? It's just like normal, normal coffee? Dark. It's, it's their Costa Rican one. Ooh, I just smooth. figured that's a good country for coffee. Thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you for this. Mm-hmm. A little homebrew. A little homebrew. Coffee yeah. here and some sparkling <laughs> water on my side. Homebrew. <laughs> yeah. And I've got the finest Camus water in my water bottle right oh, now. Oh, yeah. That, Camus does have fine <laughs> and water. And it's in a bonk breaker bottle, so you know it's the best. Excellent. <laughs> it's true. Excellent. Picked it up at a uh, feed station that someone left it behind at, uh, at Cascade. Nice. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And that voice that you're not recognizing is not Lance Hepler. Mr. Mm-hmm. Lance Romance is gone today. He is still on a boat in the middle of the Mediterranean. And today we have a special guest with us, Robert Cummings. How are you, Robert? Uh, I'm doing great. Slept solid 10, 10 and a half hours last night. Probably Man. the most I've slept all year Ooh, after uh, I'm talking about. solid five days of racing at Cascade. Oh. Still still exhausted. So looking forward to that backpedal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you probably need another like four, 10 hour nights of sleep. That's that's what I'm aiming for, but it's going to be tough for me to achieve. Yeah. <laughs> and the one and only Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking fantastic through the radio, through the podcast. They think, thank you. I look at them thank and you. I just I say, yes, that. right through the internet. You can <laughs> see them. People. You can yep. see their smiling faces and it's good to uh-huh. see it for sure. That's Absolutely. Good. That's good. All right. We got ourselves some backpedaling today and I've got two backpedals. I'm really curious to hear a lot of information about. Okay. Um, and then one that's kind of boring, that's that's me. And I, I'm sure Evan's probably not too far behind yeah, me. So we're, we're both going to be pretty boring. Let's Mine's get, just my airs and yours is your weekend. Yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> Let's get you out of the way real quick. Backpedal yeah. for us, Evan. Um, I went to Blue Lake. Yeah. For the race with Jake was there too. Matt was there. It was fun. Blue, a lot of people raced. Blue Lake yeah. was. So is, is the PDX, PDX Blue Lake Triathlon. Am I saying, is that what the full name is now? Um, I think that it's going to be called the, the this is it was called the Blue Lake. PDX. It was called the Blue it Lake It used triathlon. to be Blue Lake. Historically, gonna, this is the yep, Blue Lake. And now it's going to be called the PDX Triathlon at Blue Lake. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Yep. So we'll call it kind of like the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles in California. <laughs> Anaheim. Yes. United States, States of America. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. planet. Earth. Remember that old scuttlebutt? No. Yeah, put on put on by Y Triathlon events, which why, is why awesome. racing events because they why, do more than triathlon. racing events. Yes, okay. and they put on a great race again. There were a ton of people out there. It was a beautiful day. Yeah, 
Yeah. L- little overcast, which was perfect for oh, racing. Yeah. A lot of PRs out of people, which was great to yep. see. Cassie PR'd by 17 minutes. Who does wow. that? 17 minutes in her Olympic distance. Wow. That's Cassie impressive. is Evan's girlfriend, yeah. if, if for those of you guys that don't know. 12 and months later. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty It's cool. amazing what, like, she just started biking a lot. That's it, how important the bike is. Is that what happens when you start dating Evan Price? No. Because if so, <laughs> if not. so, Evan, if so, Evan, do you want to go out sometime? What's our sample size? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Sample size of me one. And, me, and, me and Matt will go dating until Whistler. I know. So we something. can just cut an hour need, off just, of your bike. All I need man. is 17. I'll take 17 minutes. I'll take whatever I can get. <laughs> but yeah, so outside of that, cutting, cutting a, a, a hard left here. Okay. Um, Last week, I was called out by Tonk. <laughs> Correct. You know what's good? I love that our listeners are way smarter than I am. Mm. Like, I, I'm good that the one giving information is much dumber than the people receiving yeah. it. So Tonk, Tonk had told me. So he put up, what was it, the top 10 states, Jake, mm. uh, with the lowest rates of skin cancer. Yeah. We were and nowhere near that. The top no. two were both in the Northeast. So, <laughs> <laughs> And then there was, the, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't there a list of the top 10, like, most common or most high highest um, cancer rates ra- cancer rates yes from uh, melanoma if i'm not mistaken melanoma and yeah like washington state was like second or third or something like that on that list i i didn't look at that list i just looked at the northeast was definitely number one and not us so on lowest rates so were the states like arizona that were really high that's what i would expect like for arizona the, and for the record here like this is me being dumb too but i actually heard high. that stat from a dermatologist <laughs> i will not call out the dermatologist oh, okay. but i actually got that information from a dermatologist i would think like also like um I'm not sure if he was just trying to get people to move to the Northwest, maybe, or maybe like (laughs) states with higher altitude. I bet you states with higher altitude have issues also. Oh yeah, like Colorado. And think about like Oregon and Washington. We have some of these mountains. You know, people are are doing whatever. True. Whatever people do on mountains. We also think we don't have to wear sunscreen because it's like cloudy nine months out of the year. So yeah. Yeah. So in there it said the highest rates of melanoma are are, um, in some of the cloudiest states like Washington, Oregon, and Vermont. So that's crazy. Yeah, huh. and I, I think it largely probably has something to do with the fact that it is cloudy, and you still are getting those UV yeah. rays, and yeah. people just don't think to put on sunscreen, that so you're could just also more be exposed. A, that could be a skewed stat, though, because I think a lot of people from sunny places have started to move into places like Seattle, Portland, Washington, and Oregon, what and the you, Northeast, yeah. so you were already at risk when you were younger, maybe having grown up like Jake in California. Just saying. It's a stretch here, buddy. I'm just making excuses right what, now. What is, so what does this yeah, stem what, from? Like, what did we say on the podcast a couple weeks ago? We were talking about sunscreen. Were you saying, like, did you say, like, you don't have to wear sunscreen? Cause it's no, 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 no. I wasn't saying that. I was just I was just saying that I'm not as concerned about it for okay. reasons that are clearly very stupid. But, okay. yeah. Just a passing comment that our sun... Our, our, Sunscreen but, <laughs> usage and, and, or maybe lack thereof wasn't a big deal because we're in Washington. It's yeah. cloudy. We don't yeah. have a high right. rate of skin cancer. Cool. Here. It's a good thing so, I'm not a dermatologist yeah. right now or I'd be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. You got served. There's there's my whole backpedal. My, 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 my backpedal is, oh, also okay. on, on my airs before we go talking okay. about the Giro. Uh, yeah, Michael Woods didn't win the Giro if anybody was watching. So Did he start the Giro? Uh, I think he's focusing on the tour. So in my head, he was going to be focusing on the Giro two months ago. I had heard that news. Apparently he is not. He's focusing on the tour. He wasn't even the top 100 at the Giro. So if he was there, he wasn't. He was barely in a support role. So, huh. so since you're during during the, you're kind of in the middle of your backpedal here. What? Yeah. Did you do any training? Is there any sort of like? I did. Uh, you. Yeah. I had like a triple PR day on Sunday. What? I PR'd on the, my bike route on two of my little favorite Strava segments. So wait, you're using Strava now? 
Well, I'm indirectly using Strava right now. Yeah. I like load my rides from outside because I figured out how to link them up to my phone. Okay, Ooh. we gotta get you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we gotta get you one step I'll talk, closer. I'll talk yep. to you about this. It was a pretty exciting moment for me. Okay, it keeps on giving power numbers, which doesn't make any sense because my road bike does not have power on it. So I yeah, don't know but where that's es- coming from. It's estimating those. Oh, sometimes well, accurate, sometimes no. Yeah, sometimes. Wow, really I really hope they're low because I feel very strong. And the numbers are not saying that I'm strong. So yeah, gonna... it, it's hard to say. Like, does, it might not know like your weight and all the information it needs to. Kind oh, of I've never plugged that. Really? So that's probably why. Yeah. Or even if you're on a TT bike, or oh, you exactly. your bike ways, there are a ton of things yeah. that you can do to yep. make it more accurate oh, yeah, okay. Strava. That makes sense. That makes sense. But yeah. Um, what were your favorite routes that you were chasing? Uh, the Vancouver Hustle route. Okay. okay. Um, the backside of that Vancouver Hustle route, that long yeah. false flat section. Yeah. And then Lake Road, the whole thing, Lake Road. Gotcha. Which Jake holds, has a stranglehold on that KOM that I thought for sure I was going to be close to, and I was not. So. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, sure it's just I was right next to, to some other fast guys, but all these fast guys are not even. We need Robert to go out there and take that from Jake, or Jake's going to hold that forever. Just go so. for <laughs> how how steep is that section? Because if it's below five percent, I don't think I'm going. That's the Jake. problem. That's the problem. It's, it's I think right enough. at five percent. It's yeah. like it's like the perfect Jake climb. Yeah, yeah. It's my wheelhouse. It is his wheelhouse. Yeah. It's right in his wheelhouse. <laughs> but yeah. Matt, yes. back pedal force. You had a race yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Um, this week was good and bad. I had, you know, lots of ups and downs. I, I had this um, free open water swim series. Which was awesome. Oh, which was really, really fun. Yeah. It was super cool. Yeah. I mean, Robert, we'll get you swimming someday. My mom <laughs> but, swims uh, a lot, so I've got, I've got a oh, really? Oh, you're yeah. the only person in my family who doesn't swim a decent amount. You would love it. I mean, yeah. this was, I mean, this was basically like beautiful day. Go hang out at the lake with friends, like cooking out food, stuff like that. Go float around a little bit in the water, call it a, a free swim race or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we had a huge group. We probably had like 40, 50 people, yeah. you know, there were a lot least, of people yeah. there when I got there. It yeah. was really fun. And, uh, Jake took pictures. Um, we will post something to the account, you know, if you guys want to check out some photos, um, it's, it was really cool. I was really happy with the turnout. I swam hard and I felt like you had I a swam great well. Time. Yeah. No, you had a really good time. Um, and then, uh, you know, the big question, did that translate well to the race that I did yesterday? Not so I much. I was very confused by that. You Not should so have much. been faster. Yep. I don't know. Your uh, says you're faster. Yeah. So I raced um, that blue, we were talking about the blue race, the blue lake race, um, PDX, sorry, PDX triathlon. And uh, yeah, I did okay on the swim. I didn't do that bad. I think the course you was were, just longer. You something. were right off of the chase group. I mean, you were right yeah, there, but I still I should, think that you were faster than that chase I should group. Have been, I think mm-hmm. it was, it was within my, I had like a watch time that looked faster than my results time. So I'm not sure where, where the mix up is with I've that. I've heard that from a few people. Yeah. Huh. Their times on were their off. watch in their garments yeah. or whatever were yeah. faster than what the official right. times were. Which yeah. is like a, almost like two minutes. Yeah, it was you're a, probably the fourth person I've heard that from. And just now, like, I bet, I've heard that too many times. I bet yeah. they didn't take the swim times till the T1 map. Something weird happened there. I'm gonna, I can take a look at it and figure yeah. out. Because then my bike times were the opposite. I thought Very like fast. it was, no, it was like my result time was fast and my, watch time was slow and so i was like okay whatever it doesn't matter kind of washes out or whatever it is um so i was doing decent you know you guys thought i was top 10 overall at the race i was not what were you uh i was top 10 after the bike and then Uh, i started running oh so didn't they have i still thought that he was top 10 were there multiple waves and then they had to come back and like Uh, tabulate everything is that what it was there were but there's only one guy that i think made the jump from the Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Matt Berg. Matt Berg, who I talked to oh, about imagine. this and I yeah. said, hey, Matt, you need to listen to our podcast. So hopefully he's going to tune into this one and hear his Speak. own name. Yeah. Uh, what a cool guy. 
I, oh, yeah. I love hanging out with that guy. I talked to him last year after the race. Really yeah. the only conversation I've ever had with the yeah. guy. Super just down to earth. Yep. Nice guy. Family guy. He's got oh, yeah. kids. Yeah. yeah. And his family was out there at the race. And yeah. just such a cool. Yeah. He, um, I held him off on the bike because he had started six minutes back or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in transition, like I was, you know, putting on my socks or something. And he, you know, after the, actually it was after the bike. So I was putting on shoes and he um, rolled in and I was just like. Here we go on the run. I know he's a strong runner. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I knew I was going to be limping basically through the run. And so he immediately passed me or whatever. And I think he did pretty well. He usually does pretty well in those races. I didn't actually see the Poor results. Poor guy has to deal so. with guys in their early 20s and he's still out there like <laughs> just toeing the line yeah. with them. And I think he's like 45, 46 or something like that. But he does really, Sweet. really well. I'm and like 28 and I look at guys who are 23 and 24. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I wish I could feel like I did when I was 24. Yeah. <laughs> I'm racing against a bunch of juniors and it makes me feel old yeah. at yeah. 25. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, 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 17, people, 18 year old. Yeah, because people roll their can't eyes control at that. their bodies, but they are fast. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and you've been racing at that level for a while, and you remember how you felt when you were 18 or 19. You like go and train all day, wake up the next morning, and be like, okay, that, that was fine. I feel good. Now it's like, like oil the joints and everything to get moving. Yep. And my joints were not properly, they were not, (laughs) they were not properly oiled. Very specific. So I started running at like seven minute pace or something like that, which I was happy with. And it was fine. I'm basically, if my Achilles wasn't hurting and I know I've been talking about my calves and Achilles a lot on this podcast, but they're still plaguing me. And, uh, immediately started hurting as I started running See, and pace wise though if you had told wise, me like yeah. if you should just showed me that time yep. I would be like oh that's fine Matt had a great day yeah that's good and that's the thing is like the the pace was like had I run so what I did was I kind of started at seven minute pace and each mile was a little bit faster mm-hmm. so you look at that and you're like that's great that's fine that's a good good run you know yeah. whatever it is and had my Achilles not been like hurting in a very bad way I would have been fine with it. Like, I don't care if I'm a little bit slow or yeah. whatever it is. I just don't want to have like that injury type pain mm-hmm. because I know it's like I'm walking with a limp today and I know mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to run for at least two weeks. Like mm-hmm. all this stuff that does not bode well for future racing. Right. And so it was, I was pretty disappointed with the race as a whole. I don't care place wise or time wise that much about the, the mm-hmm. race. Exactly. I, I mean, I don't think I did that bad. I would have faster been, than last year, right? I think you last year I was do I was dealing with something similar. Like I was dealing you with were, like a calf. You were you were quite a bit faster than last year, I think. Yeah. So. And yeah. and all in all, it's kinda like the I, I think I can run significantly faster than all of these times and stuff yeah. like that. Like oh, I, I think easily. a normal time for me would have been six minutes faster basically on the ten K or whatever. Yeah. So that's fine. Yeah. It's not a big deal, but or maybe four minutes faster at least. Anyway. But yeah. I, I think it's okay. I just I wish this Achilles was a little bit better. Overall, I'm starting to rethink kind of the season and whether or not I need to like pull the plug on some big races and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's something I'll just think about for a while and I got time to figure it all out. But mm-hmm. um, the rest of the week was really enjoyable. Like I said, I really had a great time with that swim series thing. We're doing another one of those in a week. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty pumped about kind of the fun things that we're doing this I summer. I know that you inspired my wife and her friends to go out there every thursday yeah now. even mm-hmm. like the weeks that you're not doing it right to do the basic swim so series stuff. that you guys have put together so that when you do how the did, next swim series that they're going to be even more prepared and they want to roll that into uh the racing so yeah, how did how awesome. did the beginners enjoy it did they like I what think, was the feedback from the beginners so i saw so many people that were really freaked out about yeah. the, the swim oh yeah and um and that worries me too because they you know you can drown like you can panic in the water and mm-hmm. like I mean, this mm-hmm. it's a major fear to be like, hey, I'm going to have this group swim and hopefully we don't have anyone die out there, you know, yeah. like knock yeah. on wood. But like um, and so I chatted with a couple people that were really freaked out and, you mm-hmm. know, just kind of like 
give one person like one of my little flotation things and another mm. person I'm just like start in the back and do whatever you want to. You want to swim here and back like that's yeah. great. But um, everyone did well. And I think they, you know, they'll start to get more confident in the water. And hopefully the second swim series, there's going to be three of them. Um, hopefully the second one, they'll be able to, you know, kind of try to go the full distance sure. or whatever it is. I mean, I think people are doing really well with it. So yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's such a safe environment to practice a yep. race scenario, which yeah. is hard to simulate. It's really hard to simulate yeah what the washing machine feels like. So, yeah. yeah. And, it, and even I, from just my quick experience, it's like, I can tell a huge difference between racing, you mm-hmm. know, in a triathlon and even the free open water swim series where people yeah. are just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Um, and also I'm not trying to nitpick on Matt's race, go but for it. I watched your start. You were so not for, for how fast of a swimmer you are. I almost wanted to yell at you. You were not aggressive enough at that start. You should have been That's right. What I, need. I need feedback. You should have Go been ahead. right up next to Devin Volker. You're almost as fast of a swimmer as that kid. Yeah. He's a very fast swimmer, but you're right there with him. Yeah. Because Nate can outswim him. So, I mean, right. you were right there with him. You should have been right on his tail as soon as got on started. his toes yep. and held, held you, on for dear you life. You had the wrong line. As soon as I saw you choose uh, the guy's feet, I was like, Matt's going to, he's not going to make it to the time. This is a, this thing has a camera on it, this phone of yours. <laughs> I'm just going to yell like, at you through my camera as you're <laughs> racing. <laughs> you can, you can record it and then you can show it to me and we can, just my face yelling at you. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take any sort of feedback. You're faster than that, Matt. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely no. take feedback for sure. You had a great back end though. As soon as you hit the the turn point on the far, I was like, well, he's making up ground already yeah. to the group. Yeah, I I don't know. I definitely think I could have swam a little bit better. Yeah. That's okay. Okay. How did you do this year in comparison to last year? I think faster. the best thing to do would be mm-hmm. to compare myself to two years or two ago. Years ago. I guess yeah. that'd be right because I was you getting Which, ready for Arizona. I'm getting ready for Arizona. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think. And I don't really remember. I, I can. I still haven't really looked at the results that that closely yet, just because we were super busy yesterday. But I'll go back and look at it. I think I was faster swimming, um, pretty similar on the bike, depending on kind of like which split you use, whether it's like my watch split sure. or their timing chips, mm-hmm. and then slower on the run significantly. Gotcha. So yeah, mm-hmm. probably you know all of that. You know, you add all that together, and it ends up being a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. So and that race is getting more and more competitive each year, right? Cool. It's growing in, in size and. You know, usually I'm kind of like close to top 10 and, and I wasn't that, I mean, it's 13th. That's not that far off. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. all in all, I wouldn't be that disappointed in this race if it wasn't for the mm-hmm. Achilles pain, you yeah. know? Yeah. So yeah. 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 Good. Robert. You oh had man. I'm excited. A about heck this. of a weekend, man. Is, Back it's pedal a for five us. day race. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I thought it was three. No. So, so Cascade has a couple different, um, divisions for the pro one, two, three women, the pro one men and the two men which is what i was racing in it's a five-day race Mm -hmm. and then for all the other categories they fall under the the obra banner rather than Mm -hmm. usac and that's Mm -hmm. those are three days gotcha um but so first day was i think a 47 mile circuit race with a couple couple short hard climbs and about nine miles of gravel or so sure pretty mellow (laughs) only nine yeah (laughs) the gravel was pretty pretty mellow i guess really most of it was more dirt roads than even gravel can you like basically just use road bike and road what yeah yeah i was i was just riding my road bike and i i always run 28s 28s okay um and i had no problems with that i think i only saw one one or two flats there will you run 28s like pretty much no matter what yeah pancake flat yep okay yeah gotcha i run 28s and uh I, I run it at 60 PSI, even though I'm not running tubeless. And apparently that's a lot lower than a lot of people run. Yeah. But I, I don't get anything pinch flats at all. Right. It's not a, not what, a problem what for What wheels me. do you have? Are they wide? 
Um, they're the previous generation uh, Zip 303s. I okay. think the internal width is probably 17 millimeters, okay. somewhere around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not not super not wide, super not wide. the not the new generation of like 20 plus millimeter internal oh, width. Oh, dude, we should talk about this because I think you can go faster. I'm, I believe you. I'm, sh- I'm sure that I could, but I don't know if I have the money to go faster. No, 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 no. It's not necessarily even like you could probably change tires and go oh. like, I don't know. We'll talk. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in terms of the, the aerodynamics yep. and the wider tire being less aerodynamic. Yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I think you could go even like 20, 25. You could definitely go 23 mm-hmm. and then, you know, higher PSI potentially. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll be, it'll be less comfortable. Yeah, that's, be that's kind of the, the trade-off. The trade-off, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Day two, and I, I just kind of finished in the lead pack, avoided a couple crashes uh, late on that first day. Um, second day was a 60-mile road race with about 6,500 feet of climbing. So pretty much just yeah. up and down the entire day. Um, most of it wasn't too steep, but definitely enough climbing to be be pretty selective. Um, and ended up, I think, eighth on that day third or fourth in the main group with a breakaway that got away uh with about 10 15k to go i was pretty happy about that yeah um third day was really unexpectedly hard it was looking at the profile and it was it was long 96 miles Mm -hmm. um but pretty mellow in terms of the profile the elevation gain was i think a total of four thousand. but okay the almost all or more than half of that came with a, a final climb about seven or eight miles is that like deschutes forest like climbing back into bend kind of thing um that was over the that was cascade lakes okay so you're starting out on the mount baker access or sorry bachelor access road then you take a left down into the cascade lakes range and do two laps before climbing up out and that last that final climb is around 2,500 feet um with two relatively mellow 500 foot climbs one each lap so did you feel like you got pretty aggressive kind of right at the end there, kind of climbing back out? Well, so the unexpected part is there was there were two miles of gravel listed, and I think everyone in the race figured it would be about the same as, as the first day's gravel, which really was not yeah. significantly impactful. Um, but it was really brutal gravel. I think it had been freshly freshly relayed, so a oh, lot yeah. of very, very oh. loose gravel. Um, That'll make some a golf ball size Some golf ball oh, size wow. and bigger rocks that really caught us by surprise. Um, yeah think the pros i from what i heard the pros had some somewhere around 15 flats the first time they hit that section because they weren't ready for it um and it was still actually i think the most selective part of the race things came back together after it both times um but only about 10 people 10 15 people um got through that in the lead group both of the two laps unfortunately no one really wanted to work yeah which is a shame but um yeah on that last climb Two people got away because group was again just not Working not together. cooperating yep. at all, which is not something I expected in a in a cat two race where everyone there is experienced and knows what they need to do and can effectively work together. Um, but was patient and ended up getting second in the sprint from that group. Wow, nice, well done. So I was yeah. What the sprint look like? Was it? sharp sharp sort of climb to end it or was it um it was kind of level out towards the it end was of that climb? still gradually uphill the climb was again still relatively gradual maybe five six percent average okay. yeah um but it it was probably around that percentage at the end but it was uh a technical finish which was not listed in the tech guide <laughs> figured <laughs> right. figured it would just be on the road but, Surprise. Yeah. but instead it was a 
a 90 degree right hand turn and then a left Jeez. right chicane in a in, in a parking lot into the into in the finish. a parking lot yeah <laughs> oh interesting yeah. oh, oh by wait, the way actually i think when i went to go spectate this two years ago i think i remember that stage yeah, yeah i think it's pretty much the same same okay no i do remember that yep. because um interesting thing is i think that year the men's field caught the bat or caught the women's field uh, yes as they're all coming into the sprint together so Lovely. i'm sure you could imagine that situation yeah, yeah. like oh well i have no idea what's going on right now but wow <laughs> sounds like chaos yeah um and then the last two days were a crit which was it was a crit it had had a climb in it um of like 40 feet a lap which is for a crit yeah a significant amount of vertical gain mm-hmm. but you're just trying to stay safe yeah in those situations yeah yeah i'm not a sprinter right but i can handle my bike and yep handle riding through a field safely so i just finished in the lead group in that um and then yesterday last day was a circuit race of 5.8 miles supposed to be about 90 minutes and upwards of 500 feet of climbing per lap so pretty i would say probably the the hardest parkour of of the five days wow and that that um that circuit race had two two ramps of maybe 15 20 percent for okay for only that's pretty selective yeah right? only that's probably good for you though. only 100 meters or so each yeah it was I, it was good for me but they were a little too far from the end because yeah yeah last lap i was off the front by maybe 10 seconds uh-huh. off after the second one um but i i didn't think i was going to be able to hold that gap so i kind of eased up and then opened up my sprint too early and let a bunch of people that I had been stronger than throughout the race by me. Yeah. Uh, okay. But yeah. Lesson, lessons Play, learned. Played the last match yeah. a little bit too early. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> still, still early in my, my road racing, uh, experiences outside of cat threes. And it's certainly very different. You yeah. know, I think some of that's just the, that's the, pretty, cool. that's pretty impressive though, to be yeah. going from the cat three mix to now being directly at the front of the cat two mix, yeah, which like you impressive. said is v- incredibly different yeah. racing. But a yeah. lot of that's just like yeah. the layout of the course. It just made like, it's, you know, each course is going to be slightly different. Mm-hmm. Some are going to be more in your favor than others. And and sometimes that, you know, the course lines up and it's perfect for, for, you know, someone like Jake to be yeah. like, okay, I get through this hill and then I still have this sprint and I can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas yep. like, you know, a different course for you might be, you know, having a, a hill slightly closer to the finish yes. and you would have hammered those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No problem. You, yeah. need, you, so. you, need, you need like a 12 mile climb with random 15% pitches throughout <laughs> yes, it just to is, drop everybody. That's my, <laughs> that's my bag. Yeah. Well, cool, man. That's really cool. Congratulations on yeah. that that race. Now, Thank now you. is that race? I I had heard some whisperings a couple of years ago that that was having some trouble with the race organizers. Mm-hmm. Is that race still going to stay around? Yeah. So my understanding of it is, so it didn't happen last year because there was a okay. a transfer of ownership yeah. and they weren't able to get things uh, all set up in order to run it last mm-hmm. year. But as far as I know, it's going to yeah continue it's, in its, it's current good form. Now. That's yeah. cool. Do you yeah. think it was as good as the older model? I couldn't couldn't speak to it. I mean, oh, only, I've only lived yeah. in Oregon for a couple of years and only oh, been road okay, racing same. seriously since I've lived in Oregon. So I wasn't yeah. really aware of it and had never raced it in the past. Yeah. Overall, so, what are the like go again? Sorry yeah. About that. Overall, <laughs> overall results for the cumulative <laughs> thing. Uh, yeah. I got, I got seventh. The seventh. Yeah. Awesome. How big Top was the field? Cascades. Wow. That's huge. Um, I think the field started at sixty. There were quite a few DNFs uh, yeah. due to mechanicals. Oh, it's just five days of racing yeah. too. You're, you're going to yeah. get people dropping out. Yeah. But I mean, I think there were more than, more than 10 on that third day with yeah. the, the gravel with section. The gravel. Yeah. Wow. Was there a guy and named Daniel? The racing. Do you remember a guy named Daniel Lincoln? Did he go? I know. There? I think he was in the pro one field. Pro yeah, one I, know, field. I know Dan Lincoln. And mm-hmm. I think he actually recently joined uh, 
team that's I, I believe is based out of Seattle, Hangar oh, 15. Really? Okay. He had cool. been he had been racing for River River City kind of oh. solo. Mm-hmm. I thought he was like Therapeutics or I don't know. He was he was Therapeutics I think River last City. year and then, and then River City at gotcha. the beginning of this year. Yep. But then he won Walla Walla in the Pro One Two field and I mm-hmm. think that yeah. got him some recognition from up. more yeah. more that's, established. That's the guy that team. I told you was like a super stud runner back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. do remember you mentioning him. He has some yeah. He's incredibly he's, strong. He's got some. Well, he, will it, somebody teach him to swim, please? It, <laughs> I was nice. saying that, like, <laughs> as good of a biker he is, he was significantly better at running. Wow! Like yeah. Olympics, yeah, big wow. time, big time. Actually, he had the American record in the steeplechase for a while. <sighs> that's what it was the steeplechase. Yeah. I know you said he oh, had cool. some specialty. Yeah, yeah he. Yeah. That is, but I mean, he was good at the 10, He was yeah. good at the 10k and the 5k. He was. An, Did him yeah. and Quinn ever race each other? Are they around the same age? No, no. Well, okay. I mean. It's possible Quinn's probably a couple years younger. Because you like, said Dan was. Oh, oh, I thought I thought you said Dan but, was. Like but Quinn would know who too. he is because yeah. he was famous. You ah, know, I it. mean, he's. You should like get his autograph. He was an Olympian, for all, right? For all <laughs> you old people runners, you yeah. know, guys creeping up towards forty here, so oh, man. or are forty. I'm so. wondering if Daniel, because Daniel Lincoln's about my age too, so he yeah. is. He might be forty or he might be thirty nine. Yeah, he's somewhere, somewhere in there. that range. Uh-huh. Yeah, so racing Meb back in the day, uh, maybe. Yeah, he would have raced yeah. Meb probably. It's, it's mm-hmm. all one of those things where it's like you're within four years, so you would yeah. race each other, yeah, but like you might plus have or been, minus three. Yeah. yeah, but like Meb's like two years older than me, and Daniel Lincoln was one year younger than me, or something like yeah. that. So what we're all close. The but he was really, really good runner, and now yeah. really, really good cyclist. So you, yeah, it's good to see. You see that a lot. I, I I mean, we had that in Ohio. We had a couple guys who ran. You know, they were Big Ten, so like Wisconsin right. cross country guys mm-hmm. who just yeah. at some point like I'm done with running. Pick up a bike, give yeah. them two years, and all of a sudden yeah. they're crazy fast. Kind of so. like me, right? exactly like what? that <laughs> it doesn't always work out it doesn't always work out that way like if I didn't know any better I would guess Robert was some like D1 collegiate runner he, yeah. yeah you do look lean you look lean he like does. you definitely look like you could climb for sure on yeah. the bike yep mm-hmm. uh, yeah that's yeah. <laughs> yep. my, my background is in skiing and I started oh really yeah oh, I started, started racing bikes a lot more after I blew my ACL my senior year of high school Got it. Oh. and then blew it again downhilling and cross country or just yeah. downhilling usually downhill downhill freestyle yeah. nice wow oh, that's wow. awesome Huh. We need to post yeah. something. You, you need to send us some video of your best freestyle. We can post it on the podcast. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I'll send an old edit. Backflips and stuff. Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. My backpedal real quick. I uh, had a couple rides last week with Matt. That was fun. Got to do beaches with you for the first time in a couple oh of years. Oh my gosh. That was awesome. That was yeah. a good time. Yeah. Oh man, that hurt so bad. These guys just destroyed me. Um, Jake and Alan Plank came out, which is good. <laughs> oh, so beaches Super was a fun. fast ride. Cause it was. yeah. Yeah. We, we put down some watts, even though I said I wasn't going to do it. Just, I couldn't. <laughs> you always <laughs> say that and then you always yeah. put down watts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> social ride. And by yeah. social, I mean, I'm going to socially destroy you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we went out, had a good ride. And I, I just love the fact that like Monday rolls around and you go out and you do that ride and you get home and you're like it's sunny the whole time yep. and you leave your house at like yeah. i don't know like five o'clock or something like that and you get back and i had i think 52 miles on the day and i still was able to hang out with my family it's yeah. just like uh-huh. i don't know i wish we had that year round that would be fantastic yeah, yeah. oh god this, yeah. this time of year that's it's a lovely thing tens uh, of millions of people would live here yeah. though if that was the case yes. so. <laughs> yeah. um we had our little fog hat friday ride which was pretty awesome yeah. so that was that social ride that i, I plugged last week mm-hmm. and we had um i went back and counted it. up the video and then i had to add in matt because he uh he joined up i with showed us up an bit. hour and a half late <laughs> 
For, well, you the, showed up an hour and a half late for an hour and a half ride. The ride yeah. was supposed to be about the ride was an hour. <laughs> the, it, the ride was supposed to be an hour and a half, basically. Yeah. And I literally was. Also, oh, you caught late. the last five minutes. That was nice I, of you. So I think <laughs> you were still there for like the last half hour of it. I thought I was. Yeah. I mean, it, I think the ride just went long and took like you, they they were just enjoying their time out there, like really Great. just chilling out. Well, and that gave me the opportunity to ride with the group a little sure. bit, which was good. Yeah, and we had a bunch of new people, and we said that we're going to mm-hmm. go the speed of the slowest person. So yeah. we just went where everybody felt comfortable and everybody stayed together. It was twenty one and a half miles and it took us i think an hour and 45 minutes to finish so my it's my type of ride the kilojoules uh, my kilojoules expended on that were um i think it was like 357 or something like that for that hour and 45 and then we went out the next day and did our team ride and i think it was the same time period and i did like another oh yeah you guys kilojoules on top of that (laughs) it was kind of nuts but that was really cool. We're going to do it again every Friday. So it's That's like um, the definition of polarized training right there. Yeah, Friday yeah. evening, mm-hmm. Saturday morning. It's big like, difference. It's <laughs> like, you know, it's like back in like high school, you used to cruise on like the mm-hmm. Friday night and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You're just going super slow and just taking it easy. Oh, we should take out BMX bikes and yeah. stuff. Oh, we that'd had be awesome. 31 people come out to that though. And there cool. were a lot of people that had never ridden with yeah. the team before mm-hmm. that have always wanted to know what we're about, mm-hmm. but have been a little bit, you know, standoffish because they don't it, want to go out at that breakneck. Some of the tri team was out there with the cycle team too or should they honestly like if those team rides are if you're brand new to biking like that's not the right ride for you because like those guys like to hammer you know and Mm -hmm. that's there's nothing wrong with that it's fine um but like uh and that group ride on friday is perfect right because you have people you have people on all different types of bikes there was Mm -hmm. like mountain bikes and all kinds Mm -hmm. of different stuff and people were conversational the whole time it was just really mellow so i'm really glad that the team is doing that ride on friday nights it's gonna be fun and i got to ride with my wife too i mean that was the longest i'd ever ridden with my wife so wow that's pretty cool yeah kind of out there together for that 21 miles and mm-hmm. change so um that was fun we did our team ride this past weekend and that was a, a, mm-hmm. a breakneck pace we <laughs> hammered that whole thing pretty good i, um, I was not joining that but that <laughs> looked like a blast <laughs> so evan always refers to that one segment called the dialed up segment yeah. mm-hmm. and i think we ended up um shaving almost two minutes off of that time off wait didn't just, dustin have that did you guys shave two minutes off that oh that makes me feel so bad because me and dustin worked so hard together that day to get that i was like oh we put that out of reach thank god no nope, it's taken already sorry so, dustin wow. we were and it was we'll a small, my, my it was a small group i think there was only like five or six of us in that yeah. group so oh, um, oh, we god. we hammered up pretty well um this myself is... and rodrigo were taking some uh long poles off the mm-hmm. front okay and we got to the end getting a powell and i led um tonkinson and nels uh, up, yeah oh, nice. no way nels made it well, about a hundred meters fast. to go, I, I paced them all the way up. I just was waiting for them to come around and Tonk came around me and then Nels was right on his wheel and granted, you're still going up. That is so awesome that Nels is hanging yeah. on for that and, long. And, and then Tonk yells at him. He's like, go, go, go. And he's like, like, like yelling at him to get up and go. And he, he finished it up to the top and Nels no got way. the KOM. That's awesome. You so, gotta be kidding me. So Nels Martin holds that KOM. Yeah. That's He's incredible. Cool. Two oh minutes, my gosh. Two minutes faster. All right. And so like, me and Dustin call Robert for the next time that we try that. We've already <laughs> called him. Robert's not allowed on the next DCT ride for the record. <laughs> oh, wow. Robert would absolutely destroy. Oh that yeah, segment. it would be. <laughs> that thing would be put yeah. out of touch. But it's, perfe- it's perfect for him. I love. Good. I love that that route though because it's what like 30, 40 minutes total. How how long? It's is it? about thirty minutes. Of about thirty a minutes. Segment. Yeah, but there's really no interruptions. Yeah, that's that's the that's best the part of it. Part. I mean, you Very do come low to. You turn left once. You have to mm-hmm. turn right at a stop sign onto yeah. the 500. Yep. Generally speaking, you can get around there with no problem with yep. cars, and you mm-hmm. do have to make a left-hand turn to kind of continue back on yep. there. But once you do that, yeah. you're, you're and the left-hand turn riding. is kind of so kind of smooth, yeah. And even if you mm-hmm. do have to stop for a car for a split second, not a big deal. You're not yeah. going to lose too much time. So it's a it's a good little route for everybody to go out there and train on. So yeah, I'll have to check that out. I don't think I've ever ridden there. Yeah, oh, it's pretty up there. Pr- 
probably sure. done the ride with us before. It's okay, um, I've done, yeah, going up to Larch Mountain on the Washington side. I don't think I've ever gone up Larch Mountain really? in Washington. Oh, no. you'll love oh, it. You I've ridden the Oregonian one. Fun. Larch if there's many one times. person. Yeah. Uh, in the dial community that could take that away from Mike Guyvan. I'm, I'm sitting right next to him. His name's yeah. uh, Robert Cummings. So <laughs> don't forget Jordan. Wouldn't, uh, Never yeah, forget well, yeah, God, we, we really should have just like a pure we shootout just right a, up that, like a just a pure on, shootout. Like, throw down between these guys. We'll like time trial fashion. <laughs> yeah. That'd oh, be fun. It's a nice. We long, should put that pretty. thing way out of touch. Like everybody's got an assignment, so like I'll time trial for two miles. Yeah. That's probably all I'm worth there. Yeah. Jake will time trial for five <laughs> miles, and then we'll just slowly lead out Robert and Jordan to this final sprint. Well, up I'm large. talking about the full, the full large climb, right. though, not yeah. just the Powell section. But um, it was a, a segment that That's stood for climb. almost ten yeah. years. Oh wow! And one of our teammates, you know, Mike Guyvan. Have you met him yet? Yeah, yeah. Okay, he just took it uh, like about a month ago, and he he's he's got it pretty right handily, now. which was he's pretty a really good shape. It's not that steep at the top. Once no, it does flatten out. I mean, there are some kickers mm-hmm. getting up to it, yeah. but it's just a long little. It's know, a great rider. route. Do you know it's yeah. not a fun way to get up large? Mm. Uh, the way that me and David rode on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the I think we went by the prison. Yeah, you guys were on the gravel oh, roads. Okay. All gravel. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I love a good gravel. You would road. like it. It was great. It's yeah, just you, you know on my road bike. bike, I was like, well, this is not my cup of tea. So, yeah. <laughs> and then yesterday, um, I had to go out and just kind of do my. I'm I'm getting ready for short track tonight. The short track mm-hmm. season starts tonight, and I'm super oh, yeah. excited about that. So I went out and did some of my race prep stuff, which is just a lot of like zone one with a couple leg openers Mm -hmm. and i'm doing my second leg opener and there's a section coming back on what is it 20th if i'm not mistaken that's what's over there splits between tapped in uh twilight coming back on Mm -hmm. towards like yep and there's a section called um yeah is there a section there's a city line i mean there's a little coming into camas section there's that there's that and then there's another segment that starts and it goes past lacamas like the Oh. Like Missile Climb or something like that. Yeah, I, don't know. I love that coming back from Lacamas to so, Tapped. And yeah. that was roughly where I was going to start my, okay. my my last little thing because I wanted to have a little bit of a climb in there just mm-hmm. to kind of open up my legs about for three minutes just to get primed yep. and ready to go. And I forgot all about it, but it popped up on my Garmin that you're chasing a particular segment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. And then yeah, I, it's I, on. It's I'm on. I'm like, now. all right. <laughs> and then I, I, in order for this to work though, the light has to be green. Because you're not going to run a red light, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, no. And you're I'm coming up on I'm like, oh, the light's going to change. Because I'm way out and the light's green. And we never hit that light. And no, and there's cars sitting at both sides of the intersection mm-hmm. waiting. So they've tripped the timer for it to turn. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to stop and whatever. And maybe I'll go a little bit further after the climb just to do my thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting for the light to turn green or red, waiting, waiting. And I get right up to it and, it and I go through it and it still never even turned red. I'm like, that is really odd. How did that not happen? I think Strava tricked it to yeah. stay green. I, I believe. I, I think. Know. I think Strava's bought so, those rights. <laughs> something. Something happens there. I'm not sure why that happened, but it happened. I'm like, all right, cool. And it, I'm looking down. And I'm just like, all right, you're um, three seconds ahead of the KOM pace. Yeah. Get up to Lacamas. Yeah. And I'm like, you're four or five seconds ahead of it. And I'm like, wait a second. Who has the KOM on this right now? Because I used to have it. Yeah. I'm like, I think. I think Michael Myers had that KOM and he oh, took no it way. from me. He's got you because he rode by there and all the time. Yeah. He yeah. and I would always trade segments and it was kind of like the, hey, your turn, you know, like tag, yeah. you're it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, and I always told, I always tell everybody, go take all of my segments. I don't care yeah. about like having this big trophy because mm-hmm. some people get no, upset about that. No, it's stuff. the coolest thing taking those. Yeah. No, you take it from me and then I'll try and go get it back and that's going to make me a little bit sharper. I'm going to go train a little yeah. bit mm-hmm. harder. But it, it, it kind of sunk in as I'm going past the lack of a swim sport. And I'm like, 
do I, do I take this from my, my friend who is no longer with us? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like starting to think I'm like, I get the title of your ride now. I know which ride you're what, talking about. Yeah. What would Michael tell me to do if, if I was going to oh, yeah. you know do that? He, mm-hmm. he would say, go take it. Oh, he'd want you to take go that. Take it. <laughs> and I'm thinking back, I'm like, cause I, I even scrolled cause you can like touch the side of your Garmin. You can see what you're chasing and it. Yeah. I, I had it set on KOM and it went to the, your highest ranked friend or, you know, it was Michael yeah. Myers. I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh man, do I sit up on this and I just let him stay there in that spot? And I'm asking myself that question and no joke. I'm, I've got my little aftershocks, like little bone conduction um, headphones yep. going. This song pops on and I don't, did you guys watch the little picture slideshow video that I made yeah. for Michael? Mm-hmm. And it was the mm-hmm. Eric church song, um, Carolina. Oh man. I'm not kidding Are you. Are you serious? That freaking song came on when I'm like like seven or eight seconds ahead of him. And it's almost like, because every time I hear that song, it still makes me think of him. Yeah. That song course. came on. I'm like, you've got to be joking me right now. I have this green light. I've got, you know, the cars that are sitting there and this thing should have tripped. I'm questioning whether or not I should take this thing. I'm climbing up towards the end. I'm just a matter of like, I don't know, about 500 meters away from the finish. I'm well mm-hmm. ahead of it. I'm thinking I'm going to sit up. That song comes on. I'm just like, it's like him telling me, go take that freaking yeah, segment. Absolutely. And I don't get like emotional about this stuff, but I, it, I, I almost started like, I don't know. Well, th- yeah. even there's a little bit more of the story. I'll get to it in just a second. So I get up to the top, I crest it and I turn left and you go down Astro like a hundred yeah. meters or something like that. And then mm-hmm. it's over. And I ended up taking the segment by like eight or nine minutes or seconds. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was just like, that's the, the most real thing. Well, earlier in the day, um, I was, I use this app called time hop yep. mm-hmm. and there's, um, I'm, I'm going through that cause I go through it every single morning. Mm-hmm. I've, you guys would joke, but I've looked at it every single day cause it tells you at the end of the time up when you're done, how many days consecutively you've looked at it. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I think it's, uh, 1,117 consecutive days. Wow. It's like three over three years <laughs> in running. And that morning I opened it up and there was a, a video that I was looking at of Michael. So it was like, that was my first touch with him in the morning. And it's just like, okay. it was just kind of weird. And I posted that up last night and I didn't really connect that. And this is the first time I'm telling the story, but um, it, it started with that. So like he'd kind of been mm-hmm. on my mind because we were getting ready for the state championship road race, uh, not road race, but time, time trial, trial last mm-hmm. year, the day before. And, um, and I was taking a bunch of video of Michael because he wanted to make sure his TT position was spot on. So yeah. mm-hmm. anyway, it was just a weird. That's like, all making sense now because I saw the Tyler Strava ride and I'd seen the Carolina song and I was yeah. like, oh, I remember that that was the song from yeah. the mm-hmm. celebration of Mike's life. And I completely not even realize that then I go over to Facebook and you had posted the video of him in the time trial position because yeah. me and Cassie were watching that and I was like oh god I got to work on my like one look at Mike's position I was like I got a lot of work to do on my position <laughs> but so it was just kind of a weird surreal day to have all of these like little cool. reminders of him mm-hmm. and I I don't know I don't I don't really get into the stuff too much but it's like you almost felt a presence like he was like kind of yeah. talking in and I don't know mm-hmm. anyway I thought that was kind of a, a super cool kind of a cool way to end the week that so. is there's there's a couple segments that he still has that I think would be, you know, I mean that 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 is a good question. Like, do you go out and like try to better Mike's times? And I think Mike's answer that would be absolutely yeah, like yeah. he would want us mm-hmm. taking all of those like yeah. as a team, no you know, yeah. people on the team that he rode with for years. I'm sure he'd love that. Yeah. yeah. And if for some reason I check out early, you guys go take every single That's, one of them. We're so, doing group. We're, just, we're gonna have to take group yeah. rides to get them because that guy <laughs> in the TT position yeah. was basically a group of eight of us trying absolutely. to hammer. So. <laughs> All right, so enough of that. Let's get into our lead out news. Um, let's see here, Evan. Why don't you start us off? I think you've got some we'll uh, go. some Giro, the, the final Giro. We'll up go. Here. We'll go with the the international news from Lance's neck of the woods at this current moment. Uh, I go. think he's in Italy right now, so we'll we'll pretend like Lance is in Italy. Yeah. But yeah, so there was, <laughs> for, for the record, nobody here was right 
Our new one. Big surprise. Was, yeah. <laughs> not I like was, a whole lot of people predicted Carapaz. Yeah. I, yeah. Was, I mean, I was he close. was... I think I think with Carapaz, if if you had been paying attention to how Movie Star has been developing and the fact that they've kind of gone away from that Quintana-centered team, mm-hmm. they're so strong as a team that yeah. th- there was bound to be somebody coming out of that group that was going to be a, a, a Grand Tour contender. Mm-hmm. I would have guessed it was Mikel Landa if I would yeah. had to mm-hmm. had to guess there, but... Speaking of Mikel Landa, he so Movie Star had two guys in the top five, um, Carapaz who won, and mm-hmm. Mikel Landa who was, I believe uh, he was fourth. Yeah, Rob Butch edged, edged him out by like four seconds. I think four seconds is what team. it was. Yeah, four seconds, which really, really is just a shame for the poor guy. Like that's you, you never want to be that close, like that close to a podium, especially when he was a teammate the entire time. Yep. And left some seconds probably on the table in time trials. I'm guessing mm-hmm. because of that team support role too. Yep. So that's a real shame for him. But Chad Haga won the yeah. final time trial, which is awesome. And Sun that was Web his Rider. first pro, real pro victory. I think he had something yeah. be- a minor one back in like 2013. Yeah, but this is a huge result for yeah, him. Yeah, that was that was really cool to see and kind of. I mean, I don't want to say out of nowhere because he's incredibly strong, mm-hmm. but it was definitely. I don't think anybody was going to put their money on him no. for the final time trial. So yeah, I think that was really cool. And he. Um, so the final podium was the two guys who were watching each other the entire race, Nibali mm-hmm. and Rogalic. Nibali in second and Rogalic in third. They just forgot about that guy in first, I think, who yep. had gotten away on an early mountain stage and basically was the strongest rider the entire time. Yeah. I, so, I think when people maybe look back at the race, they may be like, oh, Nibali shouldn't have let him go. Nibali tried to attack him the rest of that Giro and yeah. was never able to drop him. He, yeah. Car- Carapaz was the strongest rider in that race. So we made our pre-Giro predictions. <laughs> what do I win for getting second place or am I just the first loser? First loser. You're the first, first loser. loser. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, picking Roglic was smart. Um, picking Michael Woods was not smart because he's going to be focusing on the tour. So I basically picked somebody who's not competing at the Giro. Good choice. You Good went choice. Tom Dumoulin, Matt, right? Crushed it. I, yeah. He was, he was great for yeah. the first. <laughs> so technically, Matt was the only one who was right here because he didn't pick anybody technically on this. So no, 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 he was, was better just, than anybody. <laughs> yeah. Lance was, I did Lance was, pick Tom? I don't remember what Lance picked. Roglic, wasn't it? He may have picked Roglic, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Ro- Roglic was the smart pick, but mm-hmm. honestly, you look at that entire Giro, outside of the initial TT, he really didn't have a single impressive stage outside of that. Yeah. I mean, first TT. it's yeah. impressive him being in the selections he was, but he was, at least in the important stages, usually about a minute or 50 seconds off of either the Nibali group, the Carapaz group, or, I mean, he was next to Yates most of the time. Sure. But, yeah. Sure. Well, mm-hmm. we've got a month now to recalibrate before we go to the tour. Before we okay. hit up the tour, so yeah. yeah, we're gonna have to put some like serious bets down. Like it's yeah. gonna get for the everybody tour. needs to pick a podium. We got to be yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should have yeah. We'll talk about how we're. We actually need to do our up. research before, so I'm not picking people who are not there going to be competitive. I just liked Michael Woods a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Um, let's move on in the news here. Um, I'll get back to you in just one second, Robert. But maybe you've got some news for us on the Cascade. Um, you know, I I didn't follow Cascade too too closely. One piece of news I'd love to share. Go for um, it. As a as a mountain biker, mm-hmm. um, second round of the downhill World Cup uh, was this past weekend in uh, Fort William, mm-hmm. in the UK, and winners there were Amory Pierron, um, Frenchman who won the overall last year. So another strong showing for him and uh, Rachel Atherton, who's unquestionably the the best uh, female downhill rider yeah. of all time. So do you still crushing it? Do you follow downhill pretty closely? Do you um, like- not as closely as as I do cross country, but okay. I, I keep an eye on it. Nice. And you, you have you raced downhill a fair no, amount? No, no, I'm not interested? a gravity rider. No. 
after that ski, is, after ski, it's too close to skiing. You're like, I'm done with this. If now. you if you want like yeah, the coolest yeah. YouTube videos ever, yeah. just type in downhill mountain biking, yeah. and you're gonna get some of the coolest GoPro footage humans have ever taken. Absolutely. It is the they take the wildest right. lines in the wildest places in the world. And it's I incredible. watch that stuff, and my I can feel my blood pressure. Oh going yeah, up. like I'm yeah. I'm nervous for them because it's all point of view stuff. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like, oh oh oh, <laughs> and sometimes it's good when you're doing a workout on a trainer or something like to have yeah. that in, intensity because you're you can feel your like body start to just oh, yeah. freak out like mm-hmm. in lines off the side oh. of cliffs and <laughs> yeah. yeah there's not only that but there's the urban stuff that they do oh too. Like yeah the red bull like yeah the just, red bull uh, urban yeah yeah that's just nuts stuff mm-hmm. that is so, good stuff matt do you have any news for us i don't have anything super big no i mean mm-hmm. obviously you know we talked about um some of the races and stuff like that locally but yeah nothing What's Who the was next? the overall winner at uh, the PDX Triathlon? Uh, what was this guy from Everyman Jack? What was his name? Devin Volk. He yeah. is a He's... young kid who went to Cal Poly. Okay. Um, and was a was top five at Collegiate Nationals a couple of years ago. So he was safely ahead of everyone. Actually, actually, no. It it, it was no. a pretty decently close. Was it? top three? Was that like what I saw? Decently was... close. He, he had a space on the bike. He looked safe. He did. He looked yeah. very safe on the bike. The guy who was in second, I'm going to blank on his name. I'll yeah. correct it next week. Tall, skinny guy. Tall, skinny guy yeah. ran some space back into him. So okay. ran yeah. really well. And Marcus was not that far off. And Marcus Ferris, who won last year. Nice. So, he was yeah. moving on the bike. I was standing out there. Marcus Ferris or uh, the, the, the MJ? The, the kid who won. He was. Yeah, he was moving on the bike. He, uh, he came by. That bike was humming. I mean, yeah. you could just tell when a bike sounds electric and it goes, oh, yeah. it's going by. Yep. And then the, the second place guy came He's by. Strong. He was moving, but mm-hmm. it was not right. the same. You no. just, yeah. you yep. just tell. And he looked com- So So I, I did my run out on the bike, which was fun. I got to try and yell sprint. I got to yell some sprint splits to the leaders which was fun mm-hmm. um but yeah they like you could tell he looked comfortable too yeah, he, he looked really. like he was he was still had had, had some run legs so yeah. did they give his average speed no i uh they, they haven't posted the results yet what, so you think, 26 or something oh he was moving faster than that mm. especially i mean going out yeah going when he was heading coming coming back right yeah. they're gonna be going faster because there was a tailwind coming yeah, back so when he's heading east yeah I mean, he was definitely he was moving, but he wasn't hitting the, the, the top speeds. But I'm sure yeah. he was touching 28, 29, 30 coming back. Bat, yeah. yeah, I'm sure with the yeah. on his back. Yep. Should I be would, interested. I'd like to see yeah. that. I, I really am now like I was itching. I, I really yeah. did not like that I didn't jump into That's that race. That's kind of fun though because so I, know. When I, so I coach, a lot of people don't know this, I coach um, high school cross country. Mm-hmm. One of the best things you can do is like hold an athlete out and like make them watch a race. Yeah. <laughs> they are so eager to like get I back out mad. and race yep. after that. Uh, and I so I think it'll be good for you. I kind of trained angry on Saturday, like yep. in a good way, but yeah. Yeah. It'll, yeah. It'll help that was cool to see you. Devin Volk go that fast though. I hope that he comes up for like another local race. I'd love to race that kid. So yep, he's yeah. good for sure. I think didn't they have the uh, Oregon high school championship for travel yeah. there too? Yeah. This was, this was the first year yeah. that they did that, which State was really cool. Championship. So the, the mm-hmm. kid who won that, do you guys know who he is? No. Alex Amparo. I know oh, that was, name. Yeah. He's was he our, the he, one with, uh, he had his last name on the kit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I did see that kid out there. So he's he's on our cycling team. I don't know. If oh, you guys is that exactly? No. So he he he's oh, on the shout out. He's yeah. on the Strive um, triathlon team, yeah. but mm-hmm. he's he's riding with us so that he can like hone in and sharpen on his skills on the, the road. Mm-hmm. And um, he's gonna do some cross with us, and I think he might even come out to short track as well. So he's been racing PR with us, and the kid's strong. We got to snag that kid so. for the triathlon team. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll work on him. <laughs> yeah, the, the Strive group is great. I think the Transition 4 group and um, they, do they help them out? Well, I think they're helping financially with the Strive. Oh, that's cool. I, I think that's, very that's cool. the case. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we can help. 
We can, mm-hmm. we can definitely work together on yeah. all this stuff to yeah. help support well, we're you. We're trying to yeah. work harmoniously with them. In I'm, plan- I'm planning on being a dinosaur by the time I'm 35 and have these young high school kids <laughs> just absolutely destroying any times we put out there. Yeah, so good. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last little bit of news here. It's a sad bit. Um, not super sad, but there's a local cyclist. His name is John Worst from Gaston, Oregon. Um, he was hit by a car yesterday oh, and man. that was terrible. And it, it kind of just echoes with me because I've been there, done that. And the mm-hmm. car looked awfully familiar um, in terms of the damage done to it after oh, the car God, that okay. myself okay. and Sean got hit by. Yeah. Um, the drivers being investigated for distracted driving. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Uh, Worst was uh, unfortunately have, he had light flight him off the scene and taken him to the hospital where he sustained some very serious injuries. He's alive. I don't okay. know his current condition, current condition. Okay. but uh, I guess some people possibly knew the gentleman. And just wanted to send him some uh, well wishes, and hopefully yeah. he is uh, getting better. And I'm sure he won't hear this, but if somebody does know him, uh, please let him know that we uh, send our best, and I hope mm-hmm. he makes Absolutely. a full, speedy recovery. Yeah. So, all right, let's get into today's topic. What does it take to become or be a professional triathlete and professional cyclist? What does it take on, on a on a daily basis? I mean. There are so many questions that I have here, and I figured this would be a great topic because we've got um, Evan over here, who is now Mr. Uh, pro Triathlete, took his pro card. Right at that and low average end. Robert Cummings, <laughs> sitting at the, the table with us, is a pro cyclocross racer. I, I don't know if I would call myself a pro yet. I have a pro license, but I don't think I'm, Professional. I'm quite there. Maybe yeah. maybe once I've gotten some UCI points, I'll call myself a pro. Uh, you get <laughs> That's to... not like the same thing with me. I was like, once I get any qualification points for a world championship, <laughs> <Yeah>. then maybe. <laughs> well, I'm going to call you a pro because you whip yeah. pants off of everybody. Say, of everybody we know in this region, <laughs> yeah. if there's one person who's a professional cyclocross rider, it, it is well, Robert Cummins. It <laughs> fits well with the topic. So, um, so just I, I want to go through a bunch of different questions, and I'm sure Matt's got questions, and you guys might even have questions for each other, but um, I just wanted to give everybody kind of a, a glimpse or a snapshot of what mm-hmm. it's like to have you know that is like your you know who you are i mean yeah. there's so many different I've, things i have a lot of questions for robert because like you said like it's so different than i feel like a road yeah. a road racing professional i mean a cyclocross racer is is that's that's something special because you got to be road racing as you're basically cross i guess cross train putting mm-hmm. that in quotations but yeah, yeah that's interesting so there's you two people are probably uh, you guys probably train more than anybody i know like, there's a lot of the people that are out there training quite a bit, but mm-hmm. of the people mm-hmm. that I know, I, I can't think of more people that put in more time, energy, and effort to stay sharp and, and, and progress in your particular sports. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Robert's training for, you know, mountain biking. He's, you know, kind of moonlights in the, the road scene, and I think that's more probably more of like just a fitness gaining thing yeah, for yeah. you. But you're, and you're pride, I am competitive. Yeah, moonlights are seven back cascades. The cyclocross scene. Um, you know, and then Evan's over here logging like monstrous hours, 25, 30 hour weeks of just not racing godly amounts enough. of stuff no. let's let's start asking some questions like what does a typical training week look like for you robert um well this year's been a little bit different because i've started actually lifting for the first time and i did a I think 10 weeks total and that was i was doing a lot less riding than lifting sure. between two and four times a week and i i think that's really paid off uh i've even been able to see it on the road and on the gravel events where my my upper body is just a lot less fatigued because i have so much more core strength and mm-hmm overall stability um but overall regular week for me is usually i take monday off the bike i'll do some yoga some stretching um try and recover and then tuesday wednesday thursday depending if it's not a race week um those will probably be some some volume with a little bit of interval action thrown in there friday is a another recovery day and then really big volume rides Mm -hmm. on uh saturday and sunday 
depending on the weather and exactly what what sort of place in my block I'm in. Gotcha. So when you start to add up all of the hours, the cumulative hours, including like your strength training mm-hmm. stuff, I mean, what, what does a typical week usually add up to? Um, I'd say between 20, 25 hours on average. Yeah. Yeah. And you work full time. Part time. Part time. Yes. Okay. So mm-hmm. that, that, that helps a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now with, with Robert, with your, let's say that you are right now is a good time. So Robertson is billed for cyclocross mm-hmm. season, which starts, we, we were talking at the end of August, beginning yeah, of September, yeah. right? So your Saturday, Sunday rides now the cyclocross races obviously aren't as long as yep. your road races. Like what is your volume still like, will you sprinkle intensity throughout the volume? Like you're not just going on like 120 mile ride for the sake of doing that usually. Right. Um, th- this early, I probably actually will be, okay. we'll be okay. just doing so a lot of base riding will be like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if there's, if there's any intensity, it's more likely to be just at the beginning and then okay. continue with the volume. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm still two months out. I don't need yeah. to build that much intensity in there right now. And I've been, been racing a decent amount uh, so mountain biking and your road intensity biking. was all so spring, gotten, so, yeah, yeah gotten some intensity there already okay will you do road biking both saturday and sunday then or will you get out on the cross bike a bit um i i have my cross bike set up as a gravel bike and okay. over the past year or so i've just been realizing that there's so much good gravel riding yeah. in in the yeah, portland yeah. area it's so quiet it's beautiful don't have to worry about cars yeah. and i ride i really love to ride my gravel bike a lot yeah you and Lance, man, there must be something to this gravel riding thing that all the rest of us are missing right now. <laughs> now, will you generally ride by yourself or are you going out with others? Um, kind of depends. If there's there's a, a group ride that fits in with what I've got planned sure. um, in terms of volume and intensity and all the other variables, um, then it's, it's nice to join in on that, especially with the longer rides. Mm-hmm. But I'm by no means averse to just going out and riding five or six hours by myself. Mm-hmm. It's peaceful. I just listen to podcasts yeah. and enjoy nature. Dude. Yeah, there's a podcast I've heard of that you could listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, try and, I'll try and connect you later after the show. Do you, do you prefer riding by yourself? I mean, like, I know that depends on, like, the time of mm-hmm. season, the mood and everything, but if you just had a big race blog, do you like just kind of going out by yourself to ride? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to ride alone. Nice. I'm a, yeah. generally a pretty solitary person. So. Yeah. I think I think also what, what I realized with at least the pro cyclists that I've met in my life, mm-hmm. they, they really value that. I think the, the difference between a really good cat two, three rider and a pro rider is that that pro rider is fine with a five, six hour ride by themselves. Mm-hmm. I think you're very, you know, even top end cyclists, amateur usually at least want to be going on a group mm-hmm. ride for that. But yeah. Do you ever get worried about those, those long rides by yourself, like being out in the middle of nowhere on a gravel ride and, and you know, flat too many times or you go down or something like that. Does that ever make you nervous or not really? I mean, I, Almost all of my crashes on bikes are in races, so <laughs> I'm I'm pretty comfortable with my my bike handling abilities yeah. and my decision making abilities when I'm not really pushing it. Gotcha. Um, are you scared of like um, Bigfoot attacks? <laughs> that's how I was gonna. I've I've run into him a couple times and I've never had any issues gotcha. with him. Gotcha. That's good. Pretty good. Well. Just I think as long as you have a pretty like relaxed vibe about yourself, yeah. he responds to that from what I've heard. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. If it's you're a stressful experience. person, he's gonna he's gonna you know be a little bit more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't have Robert's uh, watts per kilogram. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably puts out more watts overall though, because he's a big right. guy. That's big true. Guy. Yeah, his, I, his sprint is his sprint is probably top end. I'm sure he puts out like 1800 <laughs> in five seconds. But <laughs> I'm awesome. I, I'm secretly wanting like Lance to carry like a, a satellite phone or something like that because mm-hmm. I am scared that he's gonna get like stranded out there and. Yeah. I mean, you don't have cell yeah. phone coverage when you're doing the gravel rides a lot That's of times. True. So, are these decently well traveled gravel routes that you'll go yeah, on? Yeah, they're u- they're usually pretty well traveled. And um, for for anyone interested in a resource, um, oh yeah, 
uh, our mother, the mountain OMTM has okay. a really fantastic website, um, with ride descriptions and GPS files that you can just download. They do a lot of exploring and occasionally have, uh, event rides. They're really well worth checking out if you're interested in getting in, into getting into gravel, including some stuff that really should be even just done on a mountain bike. Cause it's yeah. more technical, rougher and That's less cool. traveled. That's awesome. Cool. Very cool. Do you use uh, any tools like Training Peaks or anything like that for? Yeah, yeah. I use tracking? Training Peaks to to interact with my coach. Okay. Mm-hmm. And your coach? Do you want to plug your that coach? Was be my other oh question. yeah, yeah. yeah. So coaching. I work with uh, Fast Cat Coaching and work with the the founder, uh, Frank. And how's Frank. that going? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, he's really receptive whenever I need to get in touch with him. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, usually every month more of a, a longer chat and good adjustment whenever. That's good. Whenever I'm feeling off for any reason. That's good. That's awesome. Now, do you, do you feel like, like, have you had other coaches or was it he, he kind of your first? Uh, he, he's my first. Okay. I was okay, uh, self-coached up until then. That's, that, I, that's I awesome. I definitely appreciate having a coach. Yeah. I was, what, what, what do you notice is the difference between having him as your coach and back when you were self-coaching yourself? Um, well, I don't have to worry about like looking for resources and doing research mm-hmm. into what's going to be effective for myself. Um, and I don't, I didn't have any expertise in, pretty much everything off the bike. So weightlifting, mm-hmm. um, cross training and the yoga and so forth. I wasn't really yeah. sure how to incorporate that. And more specific, he, he obviously has just more experience with, with yeah. effective periodization than, than I do. Yeah. There's a lot of those pro cyclists now going to the strength training model. I think a lot mm-hmm. more than historically cycling has seen. Yeah. 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 I think historically cycling is a sport that's like, you should never touch a weight with either your arms because then you'll have bicep weight and that's bad. But there's well, I'm, I'm still, di- even with the weightlifting, I wasn't really using my arms. I was just doing, uh, squats, yeah. um, leg presses and leg curls. And that was it. Okay. Yeah. Were you doing any like plyometric stuff? Yeah, I do. I do do some, plyo- cool. I do okay. some pl- <clears throat> plyometric stuff, but it's pretty much mm-hmm. all, all body weight. If I'm, yeah, yeah. if I'm using any, excuse me, if I'm using anything <laughs> other than my legs, Bonk breaker right there. There you go. <laughs> I'm curious about something for both of you guys. What are the biggest obstacles and challenges that you guys find in, in life and in, in being at that level that you're racing at? Evan, uh, you want to take this one first? I'll say so I would say for me, like, I think the easy answer is time management, but for me, time management is actually one of the easier parts because I like being organized. My problem is when you need to have downtime mentally, like not physically. Like I feel like I've built up a training load where pretty much physically, I feel like I can handle almost anything, but mentally for me is where like when you start to get that burnout sensation yeah. that that I think it gets very hard to like look and be like okay two weeks from now I'm gonna be feeling fine when physically you know like like Robert knows like if you do your Monday like yoga and recovery mm-hmm. you know Tuesday you're gonna be feeling pretty good yep. unless something's like wildly wrong with the season mm-hmm. development but like physically I'm never worried about the physical aspect of it it's always worried about like if I have a nine, 10 week training block coming up. Like when is it going to start to really suck? And it, at some point during that nine, 10 week training block is going to be terrible. Like you're, I'm not even going to want to like spin on the bike at some point. Yeah. So just mentally being able to kind of grind through those, I think. Okay. How yeah. about you, Robert? Um, for me, it's trying to not focus too much on biking. Cause I love it so much and I want to dedicate so much time to it. But obviously I have, I have a job and I have a partner that I care very much about, but it's mm-hmm. so easy for me to hyper-focus on, on biking and drop other responsibilities, just like chores around the house and remembering to set aside time to really engage with my partner and show her how much I care about her. Yeah. Gotcha. That's can, a tough part. Cause I mean, like endurance sports are 
this isn't like being in the NFL or NBA, which yeah. if you look at me and Robert, nobody would just mistake us for an NBA <laughs> player. But I think the the difference is with those sports is really on a training day basis. If you're an NBA star, and, and I actually am speaking from experience, I know people who are strength and coaches in that mm-hmm. world. Those guys train for two, three hours playing basketball a day, maybe an hour in the gym, mm-hmm. and do not have part-time or full-time jobs because yeah, right. they're getting paid very well. Yep. Yep. So that's really not a big chunk of your day. They have plenty of time for those building healthy relationship stuff outside mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Endurance sports is based off of who's gonna who's gonna put in the most time sometimes. I mean that's yep. that's sometimes really yep. what it does come down to. And that can be a dangerous game to play. Yeah. For sure. I mean, you guys have to earn a living. You have to be able to survive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and nobody's coming at you with a big check with a bunch of zeros <laughs> behind it. So yeah, that's definitely gonna be <laughs> a big challenge for you. Yeah. Um good. Um we uh we've kind of talked about this a little bit off uh, off air. Let's mm-hmm. talk about it a little bit more now. Um in terms of being a professional, um, you're yeah. you're going to be looking for help along the way because you don't have that check with all those zeros behind mm-hmm. it. So um, sponsors and, and people helping you out. The sponsors really have a lot of expectations of the, the pro athlete. Now, what are some of the challenges that you guys see there? And, and is that something that you're you're thinking that you're going to be able to, uh, to acquiesce to? Yeah, uh, I think in today's and we were talking, I, I won't talk specifics that what we were talking about off the air, but just in general, there's. So in today's marketing world, in the endurance sports world, which I think is all that me and Robert can really talk to yeah. specifically is, so individually, what is your marketing outreach and mm-hmm. how marketing outreach is measured to me is a little bit unfair right now because um, it's basically measured by how many social media ears you have uh, or eyes you you have yeah. looking at your social media. Followers, yeah. It's all about the follower. In, in my opinion, it's, it's interesting to me that we've completely forgotten that there are people who influence the community that aren't on Instagram all day. Yeah. yeah people know true. who people know who Robert Cummins is in, in this area. Robert doesn't have to have an Instagram with followers on it. I like to believe with the physical therapy I do in this community and the relationships I've made in the actual world that I don't have maybe an Instagram outreach right now, but... I don't see that as a as a big negative, but in the marketing world, I can see how they would see that because you're looking at numbers, yep. you're looking at two guys who don't have a million Instagram followers. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, in, in you know their defense, they they need mm-hmm. some return on their they investment. Do. Yeah. You know, and, and that's that's what I'm saying from their point of view. It makes sense numbers wise. Got to yeah. make mm-hmm. those impressions, yeah. and if you can't yeah. help them make those impressions, they're like, it's great that you're a freaking awesome cyclist or a freaking awesome uh, time or uh, a triathlete. Yeah. You're not helping us out. Exactly. Know? Like if Evan posts exactly. something up and like the 13 people that follow him on, on well, it's probably more than that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sub 100. You, have you, have you reached the hundred mark yet? I don't for your know. Instagram? I haven't, I haven't checked on my Instagram. Know. Well, well, well game, man. He I doesn't know. know. What about my Facebook? I got a lot of Facebook friends. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, I have more than a thousand Facebook friends. I yeah. Know. There wow. you go. Wow. How come nobody counts that anymore? <laughs> Is that something that you would ever um, seriously think about looking into? Would you yeah, ever been to them to, to get that boosted up? I, de- I definitely would. I, I just need probably some help with it. And I mean, I have That's to, interesting. I, yeah. I have to be honest with myself because like, I just, I've had to do a better job this year of eliminating some things from my life. Cause I hours wise in a day don't, I've realized I do not have the time for the really? things that I've maybe promised myself to. Sure. And that would be, I mean, like if I had to be posting and editing a video each day, I know. I mean, no, I'll just, I'll, I'll just use, since like Robert used an example of his day, my, my favorite day to give an example of when people ask me like, what does your training weeks look like? Is I'll talk about my Wednesday. Uh, almost always I'll wake up, do a swim in the morning. Mm -hmm. I'm always in the pool at 5am. I'm done by six ten usually. 
I need to be done by between 6.10 and 6.15. I shower and I'm at work by 6.30. I document until 7.25 when my first patient will come in. I see patients and document through lunch, so I do not have time during lunch um, until 6.30 p.m. And then I get home and I have to be on the bike by 6.45 at the absolute latest. One hour bike. And then I will run for 8 to 10 miles after that. I've and seen I'll you eat post. In, yeah, and I've I'll eat in 15 minutes and it's, then fall asleep right it's after so, that. Your, your schedule is ridiculous. But that, I mean, it's like so my crazy. Mondays don't look like that. My Saturdays don't look like that. But right. that, that is what my Tuesday to Friday world looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know where an Instagram video fits into that time. Yes. Like, I agree. As with of that. right now. Mm -hmm. I do think that you could probably post a picture, but not a video. I probably could. Yeah. A video, a I would just need to get efficient yeah. at it. I, I would just have to get very efficient yeah. at it. Yeah. And and the other thing is a lot of time when you're doing your training in the dark, like that's not really Instagram worthy, right? Where no. it's like, oh but, God, nobody would want to listen to that. Well, and you if may, it's gritty enough, you may want to, that's true. You yeah. May speak Some people, to it. Yeah. I mean, people follow Leonel Sanders who yeah, I'm not sure Robert, if you know who he is, but he's no. a Canadian triathlete who indoor stuff. And he literally like for like six years trained nothing but indoor. Yeah. He doesn't now, but I mean, and that guy had a very <laughs> active social media that yeah. I followed, which I don't know why it was, it was different. It was weird to watch him. Yeah. That's a, go that's a brand. That. It's a yeah, unique brand. It, 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 it was his brand. It was like the indoor training brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also yeah. I think people, you know, when they, when you take a picture of the pool at five in the morning, like that's, you know, that's respect for that. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people are, um, are not necessarily professional triathletes, but they do have to wake up at five to get yeah. in the pool because, yeah. you know, they have the yeah. standard nine to five job. And that, and, and that is kind of swim, the, so. the, the feedback that I've gotten is I think if I, if I could reach a market, like I think there's a market that Robert can reach well. And I think if I was to reach a market, it would be that market of people who, Hey, I work. Yeah. 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 They're like, I don't know how I could ever do an Ironman mm -hmm. or 10 train, you know, train right. 10 hours a week. Now it's harder for me to say like, obviously if you have kids on top of that, I can't be like, Oh, well, this yeah. is what you do with that. But if you're, yeah a late 20 something and you're like, I just want to do this, but my professional life is crazy right now. You That's can, you just, you yeah. have to have a plan. And yeah. that plan is getting in the pool at 5am every day. That plan is always getting on the trainer right after work. So right. yeah. Yeah. I think you'd speak to that. I think, you know, like, you know, that's one of the things I think people, um, if you're selling a product, right? Like if you're Kirkland water and mm -hmm. you're like, I, you know, we want to sell more water, like, you know, you yeah, can relate say, to people. Yeah. Right. Like, mm -hmm. you know, but then again, they're going to want you to, they were going to want to see photos of you, you know, on the trainer with this in your, I don't know, in your water bottle. Just fine with me. I right? love Kirkland. Kirkland's yeah, great. They, <laughs> they should sponsor our podcast. But, and, the, and I think the podcast is another thing that you do as an outreach option. That's, yes, so, exactly. That's definitely huge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's something that you could consider working towards mm -hmm. or not worry about it. Like it's, it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, you don't have to have all these sponsorship pieces yeah. thrown at you. It might not be your game. Like, you know, like, if mm -hmm. it's taking away from your time and you've got your job and your career stuff and it's going extremely well, like, I don't know that you have to have all the sponsorships. Yeah. Stuff, you know? Yeah. So. It's, it's definitely something that I'm personally not going to focus on entirely right. because to, yeah. to me, I got into, I wanted to be a professional triathlete purely for the competitive part yep. of it. Like, yep. like, don't get me wrong. I have a lot of respect for the amateur triathletes that are still competing at a really high level in the amateur fields. Mm -hmm. And there are some guys there who are pro level. And I know you know that in the amateur yeah. cycling oh, world too. Certainly. There are guys who yeah. are pros basically. But for, for me, it was, I had had my years of being at the front of a race. Yep. I really wanted to go back to getting my butt kicked and really be around. Yeah kind of the best and mm -hmm. i knew that that came with i was not going to be winning any races yep or even close like, well yeah you're doing well but yeah, yeah. but that but that was you know the the trade-off i knew yeah. and that was it wasn't for me a thing to progress a brand or marketing or anything like yeah, that that was exactly. not the reason i wanted to do yeah. this at all but would it hurt to have that support? <laughs> Probably not. Would you, would you enjoy to have that support? Whether it was just like, you know, to offset some of your costs or maybe to get yeah. some free product and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So yeah. in, in that same breath, would you ever be open to having 
people help you with that. Yes. And, and I think also to having someone like Matt had mentioned the podcast. So Jake being somebody who's put together this great podcast and this great, I mean, dialed brand as itself. I was, I'm very much open to opportunities like that and opportunities that, you know, anything that brings up marketing too, that is reasonable. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, if Coke, like not that this, whatever, let's say Kirkland or Coca-Cola got a hold of me and they're like, yeah, but you got to hashtag us on every single Instagram post three times a day. I'd be like, you know, that's okay. Right. <laughs> I don't need any free Coca-Cola. Yeah, <laughs> it makes pretty good though. It's it tasty. Orange tasty vanilla. Product. Ooh, orange <laughs> vanilla oh, is very, very good. Okay. It's yeah. gotta be the Mexican version. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The original. Yeah. How about you, Robert? Um, yeah, I honestly would be open to it. I think, for for me again as as we've mentioned it's a little bit different for something like cyclocross where the i would say the most critical support is material because you you go through so many so many different things in a cross season Mm -hmm. i broke multiple wheel sets last year yeah um and derailers derailer hangers and all that you just you just turn through it by the nature of the sport and in addition to that having um mechanical support in the pits yeah is also it's it's huge um, dry races is not as big of a deal, but if there's any significant amount of mud, you, you have to be changing bikes and have to have a mechanic in the, in the pit for you to, mm-hmm. to have any sort of realistic hope of doing well at, a, at an elite level race. Um, and I've, I've had the opportunity to experience that and I, it makes a huge difference and I certainly would be willing and am open to, um, actually creating a social media presence for myself <laughs> as an athlete I'm I'm even further behind Evan in that I yeah. do not have any sort of Instagram, um, but I'd I'd be open to that. Yeah, were it necessary. Yeah, Robert Robert just needs a we we need social media coordinators over here. That's like a job yeah. now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's it like a totally big job, especially in the this port, is, you know, like younger cities you. like Portland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Jake no. would be the only human being over the age of 40 who would have that label yeah. with him social media coordinator. <laughs> <That's pretty laughs> I think I think people are would be interested in what products you guys choose to use mm-hmm. and why. And I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think that that's necessarily an evil thing to be like, you know, I'm going to talk about ceram components, here's what I think, you mm-hmm. know, like especially right now where they're not sponsoring you, um I think it's even better, right? Like that's an opportunity yeah. for you guys to be like I tried this and it didn't work. It's absolutely horrible. Garbage. Don't, don't pick well, it up. And especially you know? for Robert, as you just mentioned, he's going yep. through so many different parts. You can really speak to that. I mean, in yeah. triathlon, it's like, I mean, yeah, I can speak to that, but it's not like I'm going through nearly the bike parts that Robert's going through on a, on a yearly basis. And people are obsessed with like the bike details, you mm-hmm. know, with componentry and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's, it's interesting because I post all these videos to YouTube. And I'll talk about like, you know, here's the workouts and all this stuff. Like, here's the work that you need to, you know, that you guys should be doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, no one cares. No one gives <laughs> no one gives two cents. You start talking about like, hey, here's a Access. new, com- here's a new component set. Here's a new wheel set. Like, they're like, oh, that's cool. Shiny. That's <laughs> yeah, so that's shiny. where we're at culturally. Yeah, yeah it's free speed. It's sad, free speed. <laughs> but but the, the benefit for you guys that, you know, if you're not a slave to a particular brand or whatever it is, you can talk about that. You can talk about yeah. whatever you want to. Um, and you don't have, you know, a penalty to it, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that is also pretty attractive to brands where you're, you're really straightforward and you're really honest with your audience, whether that's a small audience or a big audience or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can be really straightforward with people. And I think it's in this day and age, it's really appreciated. So, yeah, I would follow you guys. <laughs> I would definitely follow Robert because, yeah, I mean, if anybody knows tires, yeah. anybody who's raised that much cyclocross is going to know more about that than anybody else. Yep. <laughs> That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Something to consider. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. 
I think we can help you out, both of you guys, <laughs> to a <laughs> yeah. certain degree. Yeah, this at is... Let's get the, the, the wheels turning on that, because... Yes. I mean, how much time a week do both of you guys... I know that this is a, not a good time of year to ask that question, because it's beautiful outside yeah. right now, mm-hmm. um, but how much time do you guys spend on a trainer? Uh, right now, I'm not spending any time. Okay, yeah. but... Let's, and I'm, I'm comfortable riding. If it's if it's nice weather at night, I'll ride outside at night. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. you and I ride it too. Okay. Got it, yeah. How about the off-season, though, or when it's, like, just crap weather? Uh... I could spend 15 hours on a trainer. Yeah, I've seen both of you guys do it. That's why I ask. Yeah. So when you Robert's, guys are doing Ro- that. Robert's got so much like bike handling expertise that needs to be developed in yeah. his sport though. I feel like that's like a different question between triathlon and cause I mean like, yeah, triathlon, yeah. you need good bike handling. I mm-hmm. agree. But like, I mean, for you, it's like night and day. That's yeah. huge, huge that's difference. Yeah. There's still a good chunk of the year though, where you guys are sitting on a yeah. trainer. What do you mm-hmm. guys typically do to pass the time? And is that something that you could at least maybe work into that time on the trainer to, yep. you know, like if we were to That's build up a like, treasure trove of like little videos or pictures or whatnot for you just to start posting stuff up while you're riding yeah. that time of the year, it doesn't have to be like all of a sudden, you know, Robert's posting up 17 pictures a day and yeah. Evan's got 14 videos going up. No, if you're just going to be having those, those yeah. touches. Yeah. Is that something that you guys could subscribe to? And then like there, come summertime when it's all beautiful, maybe like figure out something for somebody yeah. to yeah. carry there on. Is, there is a cool little idea that somebody had mentioned to me. Um, that would be like, so when you're on the trainer in the evening, so let's just say during the winter, Robert, when yeah. we're on there, you have a one trainer thought for the day. So it's a yeah. video. It's like a 15 second sure, video yeah. where you just have a trainer thought for the day. Instead yeah. of a picture of us on the trainer, it's like one random thing. Because I mean, like, yeah, we can watch YouTube there all day, but mostly I daydream when I'm on the trainer. Yeah. I'm usually daydreaming. Yeah. Just a, a way for you guys to think yeah. about maybe like, you know, optimizing your day or just yeah. being efficient or, you know taking some time to, to put some stuff together that you can use for yeah. down the road. Cause too. that's usually when I answer my emails, honestly. So yeah. when I do most of my email answering, it's over lunch at work and when I'm on the trainer. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm always like, he'll respond to this text. If I send it to him while he's, on you the know, bike the time. Yeah. I was gonna say, you know, the timeline when I'm, when I'm like, doing that. Hopefully he's on a bike trainer. Cause he'll respond to this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, discipline. How do you guys stay disciplined? Cause if you don't have discipline, unless you're just some like, uber gifted athlete which mm-hmm. in the endurance world you just don't find people that just show up and they win you yeah know? it's yeah. not like you're naturally good at you know throwing yeah. a baseball or there's something there's like, like just Roglic and that's it you have He's to stay, <laughs> you have to stay uber disciplined how do you guys do that I mean obviously it's it's not easy but yeah you talk to that um I mean a lot of it is on on the bike is usually pretty easy for me I'd really really love to ride my bike yeah uh mm-hmm. off the bike stuff is is a little harder but with with any challenge whether it's in relation to cycling or work or anywhere in my life if you just break it down into like a mentally into a manageable set of things to do then it's a lot easier so if i'm at the gym and i'm doing two sets of plyometrics with uh 15 different exercises in each one then i can just break it down to say i'm i'm a third of the way done with this set so i'm a sixth of the way mm-hmm. done all all through and then you've got a bunch of manageable little little things where you can mark your progress and just feel like you're moving through it. Yeah. What about those times though, where you're like, I just, I want to do something else today. I don't want to, I don't feel like going to the gym. I want to sleep in or I, you're a lot like me. Like you really, I have to, things have to be really bad for me not to want to go ride my bike. I totally Mm -hmm. get that. And every time I get on the bike and that first pedal stroke in, you're like, right. This is my, my time. This is like my, the dessert of my day. So I'm always happy about that. But you know, what if it's like a super strenuous workout or the, the weather's crap for the, you know, 17th day in a row and you're going to go out riding like 42 degree weather with rain. And you're just like, I just don't want to do this. How do you stay disciplined to get through that? Um, one thing that I 
have learned about myself is that exercise is pretty much always beneficial for my mental health. Uh-huh. So yeah. no matter how much yep. I might be dreading something um, or how how miserable I might be feeling beforehand, I can realistically tell myself that I will be glad that I did it and will just generally feel yeah. better afterwards. So having that experiential knowledge and confidence in that really goes a long way in making it a little bit easier just to get started. And once you're started, it's a lot harder to just stop yeah, when you've already gotcha. committed to it. It's so. always mm-hmm. that, like, I know this mostly with running, but, like, running's fine in the rain and biking in the rain and things like that. It's just, like, going is that start. Like, once oh, you yeah. once you the first push 10 off, minutes. It's the first 10 minutes of anything. Biking yeah. or whatever it is, once you push off and get out of the garage... It's like ten minutes. You're good. You're good. You're yep. fine. Yeah. Once your once your shoes are soaked, yeah. they're not going to get any wetter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Do you guys have people that hold you accountable besides your coach? Honestly, no. I mean, my partner and my family could, but I. It's not usually is a thing that I have to rely on them for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you lean on people to kind of like, hey, I, I, I'm not feeling this right, but if you go, I'll go, kind of thing. Do you, do you have somebody like that? Um. For me, I have I have some some friends on my my road team, yeah. um, metal that I'll I'll do for more aspirational rides. But I'm gonna complete my workout no matter what. Gotcha. I might not yeah. do like a Bridge of the Gods loop or do a particular ride, um, but but the intervals yeah. are always the, the the intervals are almost always gonna get done for you. Yeah, I honestly, if if I'm going on a ride with other people, it's less likely to be. Uh, a structured ride with Got any it, sort yeah. of intervals. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, but you haven't. Um, I, I I would say mine's a little bit more fluid than, than than Robert's. I knew I knew Robert was a very like disciplined like, and 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 I think that's what you find more in the cycling world is a very very by the numbers approach to the training. Well, what I found more is that I want to be that way as much as possible. But with the three sports, I've gotten over the years to forgive myself a little bit more when the numbers aren't always there. Because uh-huh. you know, I mean, I've told Matt this, like I built a structured schedule going into Chattanooga that I probably had maybe 85, 90% of, but I think I had a five week stretch where I was planning on like riding 15 hours, running 75 miles and swimming 20 K. And once I get started, I realize I'm like, that is impossible. That's, there's no way. And I think it's good (laughs) to have that schedule where you just like, and I don't know if you want to just say, you know, label pieces and have it be like, this part is optional. This mm-hmm. part is optional. And if that's it all what comes, I've started to do, if it all yeah. comes together, then you have this huge massive stuff. And if it doesn't all come together, yeah, that's okay too. You know? Yeah. And I think the, you know, older within the sport that you get in by that, I mean like number of years, I think the more forgiving you are of yourself mm-hmm. for yeah. missing things or, yeah. um, but at the same time, you know, talking to a lot of our listeners, I think a lot of them have no idea how hard you guys train. Like I, I think mm-hmm. a lot of our listeners, just have no concept of how hard it is that you train at that level. It's yeah, yeah, it's pretty, I mean, you know, we talked about the numbers and the hours and things like that, but you guys are also training with intensity. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, you know, they're like, yeah, I trained hard. I, I, you know, I went with the so-and-so and and we, you know, we did 30 minutes and then I did another ride the next day. And I'm like, you know, no, no, Evan's doing three workouts a day. Like it's, it's it's a completely different level. And I think it's hard for people Mm -hmm. to comprehend. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's for, for, for me though, it's, and since, since I treat a lot of endurance patients too, I, I I think I see that anybody can develop to certain levels, but I don't think people have an appreciation for how long it takes to develop in these sports. So, and, and I'm sure you guys see this with cyclists who come in excited, enthusiastic, just in my first cat five race and I was top 10 and I'm excited to train now. Mm -hmm. And that lasts for a little bit. But like you said, Jake, there's, 
that that discipline at some point has to come in because it's there like robert's very rare not every like people love riding bikes not everybody loves jumping on their bike every single day yeah like when it hurts it hurts and you have to have an appreciation of that pain like yep I know for, for me over the years, especially with running, I think I've had this real love hate relationship with running until this year. I truly love running now. Like I really truly love that sport, but like training hard through running that is, and Matt, I mean, you, you know, it's like you ran a hundred mile weeks back in college. A lot of those runs are not enjoyable. There's, there's a good 80% of that run where you're like, this is not fun at this moment. When, yeah. When you're in the, in the moment of thinking Mm -hmm. of a workout. Afterwards is awesome. Yeah. But but afterwards is incredible. But that's, yeah. I I think in a lot of ways I was more like Robert where it's like, it's not super hard to convince me to go for a run. Mm -hmm. And then when you're in the run, you start feeling good. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. And then I go a little longer, whatever it is. Yeah. And so I think it's easier if you're passionate Mm -hmm. about your sport, you know, whether that's you know, swimming, yeah. you know, it's a little, yeah, I feel like swimming is one of those things where it's hard, uh, because you're staring at a black line a lot of yeah. times, uh, but you get it's in the open, open, you get in the open water. I love open water. Beautiful. Swimming. I'm with you on that. Man. Um, yeah, that's, but yeah, I mean, it, it's probably not too hard to convince Robert to go for a bike ride. No, you know, no, it's like, no. you know, no. it's, even if the weather's not perfect. And I think that that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of the pieces of the puzzle for sure having that passion for you guys, you know, to take your sport to the next level mm-hmm. and be willing to kind of crunch through the, the dark winter times or whatever it is. Yeah. You know? So, so here's another question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, in order for you guys to do what you love and to have to earn a living and to train and all this stuff, you have to make sacrifices. What are mm-hmm. some of the biggest sacrifices you think that you've had to make thus far? I know that's kind of a tough question, but uh, if you think about like your, your lay person out there, like they're like, Oh, there's no way I could ever do that. Well, stop watching TV. And all of a sudden yep. you've got another mm-hmm. 10, 15, 20 hours mm-hmm. a week. I mean, yeah. some people yeah. seriously will get home and watch yeah. TV from six o'clock at night until like midnight. And like, they'll do yeah. that every single day of the mm-hmm. week. And that's just their life. I and think it's, Oh God, for, for, for me, it's been, and it's just cause I've been hearing this term a lot lately. So this may be very, I'm sure this is very much a millennial term that's been circulating and I like the concept behind it, but I think it's something you kind of have to give up to compete at this level is I hear a lot of people talking about like relaxation, self-care mm-hmm. and self-care for whatever reason in our population seems to mean like, I'm going to sit down and drink a glass of wine and watch TV instead of what I think me and Robert would agree with was just like, I'm going to go for a really hard workout because that's, that, that's how I care for me. Yeah, yeah. Exa- exactly. And that's, I think you have to trade things. So, um, I just heard a really good, um, YouTube video where, uh, this guy named Jordan Peterson was talking about, um, how, uh, when you're, when you're an alcoholic, it's not that you have to just give up alcohol, cold Turkey. You have to replace something that makes you feel the way that alcohol Mm -hmm. gives you that, that, that sensation of contentment. And if you can't find that thing. So if your thing is just sitting on the couch after work and cracking open a cold one, you got to find something that gives you that same sensation, whether that's Mm -hmm. painting for somebody. Um, I know my little brother loves climbing and working with his hands. He loves building things. So mm-hmm. if he's climbing or building, he's happy. Um, for me and Robert's riding bikes. For Jake and Matt, it's riding bikes. For Lance, maybe it's uh, going on Travel awesome trips to, to Italy. But, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you have yeah. to find something that kind of gets you out of the, those more negative habits. Yeah. And if you can't find that, then, no, you're not going to be good mm-hmm. at these sports. So yeah. you think for you, it's like the, the mental self-help, self-care, that's your yeah. biggest sacrifice. But yeah. 
but I mean, it is in another way. Yeah, yeah. it's just you, you have to give up those moments of thinking you need relaxation. Is there anything that was that in sense. your life that you're like, you know, I, I just can't do this anymore if I'm going to um, take yeah. this next step? Random social events. Random social events? It's got to be a planned social event now. Yeah. If yeah. it's not planned, yep. it's not happening. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. How about you, Robert? Mm-hmm. I, I'm in a pretty similar position. I've, mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier that I'm a pretty solid, solitary person anyway. Um, so it hasn't been as big of a sacrifice, but I, if I wasn't biking as much as I do, and I, if I didn't care about biking as much as I do, then I certainly would spend more time with my friends. Um, I would say as other than my partner and kind of her extended circle of friends, I maybe have four or five, uh, close friends and I see them Mm -hmm. maybe once a week for a couple hours. Gotcha. But yeah, I would say socially is, or social life is probably my biggest, biggest sacrifice. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Matt, you got any questions for the guys? Um, you know, I would say, um, I would love to hear kind of like how you guys mentally prepare for races and things like that. Kind of, um, mm. racing at your guys' level is slightly different than racing at my level, honestly, at this point. Um, mm. so, you know, uh, you know, you're going against some of the best athletes in the world, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. absolutely crazy. Um, does that freak you out? Yes. Yeah. It's really, it's really intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, just real quick, Robert, drop a couple names. I know yeah, that you're not the kind was, of guy that, that drops names, about. but talk about some guys. For those of you that don't know, Robert's raced at the, the national level mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Um, cyclocross in the, the, the elite championships, yeah. like the, the highest level, yeah. the biggest race in the United States. Mm-hmm. Robert's been in that yeah. race the last two years. So you raced like Jeremy Powers, names yeah. like that, correct? Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. that's like I think Jeremy the names Powers, that like everybody would know here. Yeah. 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 Those are the, mm-hmm. Jeremy Powers and Stephen Hyde are probably yeah. the two the two easiest names. names to drop and yeah. and cross. Those are guys that I'll never even be in like the yeah. same room as, let alone lined up next to. Them <laughs> on a, on a freaking let alone on their wheel yeah. when they're yeah. riding a bicycle. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's such an awesome experience. So, how was that for you? Yeah. Um, it's, it's humbling. Yeah. It, there, there are people in the U S that really are, are at another level than me. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's always going to be the case. I definitely feel like I've been developing both as a bike handler and strength. That was my next point this past year. Yeah. Um, but even more humbling is knowing that these guys that are truly on another level than me in the U S are largely a, still a big step down from the elite European cross Mm -hmm. riders. Yeah. Yeah the belgians yeah Yeah, it's a Mm -hmm. big big step yeah gotcha that's crazy to think about there's some there's some young names in the so um i grew up with uh spencer well he was much younger than me but spencer petrov oh yeah um, the canandale writer now but um i mean there's some there's some young names that are coming through that Mm -hmm. that are awesome you know so i think that's cool that you're part of that that next group of that post jeremy powers era of cyclocross Mm -hmm. coming through so yeah yeah. so matt back to your question you want to frame that one more time for him Oh, yeah. it's just, yeah. Well, I mean, I think they are touching on it for sure. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, how do you line up against some of these guys? Yeah. I know for, for, for me it was, and you know, I think, I think there's, there's two ways to approach it. And at first I was kind of like, like, like you remember, like I was like scared would definitely be the right word. Like yeah. I looked at the start list for Galveston and like, you know, Matt Russell's on there and I was like, Oh, he was six that Kona. Yeah. Like that was, that was my first thought. I was like, Oh my God, like this, there's guys on this list, Andrew Starkwitz who held the iron court, you know, Ironman bike course record. And I think realizing when I got into that race, I right at the beginning, I had this thought where I was like, oh, this is going to be actually fun for a second. Because yeah. I, I actually looked at some of those guys like Matt Hansen and yeah. uh, Starkowitz and Starkowitz had this confidence about him. And I love like Hansen, Matt Russell and those other guys, but they actually looked nervous. And I, and I was trying to think in my head, I was like, if you're going to be at this start, I want to be more that Starkowitz 
personality. Mm-hmm. That personality that at least breeds confidence in that beginning of the race. Mm-hmm. Right. Am I anywhere near those other guys? No, absolutely not. But, you know, I started that race right at the front line of the swim because I was like, why, you know, why not? Like, you got to, if you're going to race at that level, you got to be prepared to at least, you know. And, and you guys, you know, the other thing to just always keep in the back of your mind, like you earned your spot on the starting line. Like mm-hmm. every time you guys yeah. feel intimidation, like just remind yourself, like, you're there because mm-hmm. you, you t- yeah. I mean, like no one's giving you guys these, you know, call ups. I mean, like they, you earned them. So, yeah. you know, definitely it's super hard. And I've done this before, like lined up next to or <laughs> lined up in between two Olympians. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, that's intimidating. Yeah, for you're running. You, you yeah. did that. Yeah. You're just like, oh, this, you know, and, the, but you, you have to be hopeful mm-hmm. um, because opportunities, you know, they do present themselves Absolutely. at every single mm-hmm. race. And so I just, you know, I think it's, I think it's really admirable when you guys do that and you toe the line and mm-hmm. you're, you're, you know, you're either intimidated or, um, or confident or somewhere in between. And, and then you, you still get out there and do the best you can. It's, it's mm-hmm. a tough situation for sure. Yeah. And those start, the best those the starts are wild though, aren't they? Cross starts are, oh my there's gosh. nothing was, in the world like a cross start. <laughs> that, that, that was like the wildest difference for me between the amateur to pro race was yep. like the importance of that start. Mm-hmm. And I learned that lesson in um, Chattanooga, I got my butt dropped in the first like two minutes of that race. Yeah. And there's no like coming back from that. Like yeah. once you're dropped, your race is done. It is over. Yep. Like you just got to hang on for dear life at that point. <laughs> and I think in the, the amateur fields, at least from what I noticed is especially with like the rolling starts. Yeah. It doesn't, e- even the group starts, you have a really bad start, like recover, get back yeah. into your groove, yep. totally. race your own race, quote unquote, Absolutely. which was a term that goes out the window once you're racing in a pro triathlon. Maybe we should work on swim starts. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. We can do that. Absolutely. We can do that. We could work on that. I mean, cause yeah. we have all the lake access and buoys and everything. So. I need somebody to just like, but be, we, I just need somebody to be my head and like Matt Russell did for well, 400 we have, meters. We have, yeah. some, we have some good swimmers that we can access. Oh, Nate's so got some support. We'll get on a support. Just start beating that's, the paddle. That, that's actually not a bad idea to have Jake on there. Just have like Beat hit you. me randomly. <laughs> all that torture you put me through in physical therapy. There you go. Yeah, just hit me right in the shoulder. Just each that time man. right in the shoulder. Uh, and, and real quick, Race prep. Talk to us about race prep. What what is it like for you? Like, what's your morning like? What's the evening like before, right before the race? Yeah. What do you What do you eat before like a cyclocross for race? Me, usually, uh, I I keep my nutrition pre race pretty consistent between cross and road and mountain biking events. Um, I usually have some sort of grain, ideally bread, but if it's a bagel or something else, yeah. um, with peanut butter, mm-hmm. um, one or potentially two to two bananas, depending on how late the day. Um, or the race starts, uh, I'll have some, uh, about one cup of rice, brown, mm-hmm. brown, long grain rice with just a little bit of, um, puri puri spice for flavor. Yeah. Um, but not enough that it's going to affect my digestive tract. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes an apple and then beetroot powder mm-hmm. just mixed with water. Um, mm-hmm. about I'll take it in between an hour and 30 minutes before the race. And then, mm-hmm one uh gel 10 minutes for the race yeah and, and just make otherwise make sure i'm yeah. generally that's a pretty hydrated. common one that i yeah. hear from really actually like all sports is yeah. the gel like 10 15 yeah. minutes before yep. so you have just like yep. available like basic glucose right there totally yeah. the risk of another rabbit hole um for those mm-hmm. of you that don't know robert's a vegan correct yeah. vegetarian vegetarian mm-hmm. i thought you were mm-hmm. vegan no oh, close. never been vegan <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love i love my baked goods too much to be vegan i was i was about to say is it gotcha. like mostly the baked goods yeah. that's, okay so that's vegetarian. usually the reason vegetarian how long have you been a vegetarian um, I couldn't give you an exact number cause I ballpark truly have never liked meat, but probably around eight to 10 years. Gotcha. Okay. Basically really? once my parents allowed me to just 
your whole not your, eat meat that no. I stopped eating meat. So but, your whole like like training life obviously yeah, was yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. And no fish. No. None. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. Um so that that's the, the, the meal component of it. Mm-hmm. How do you do with like pre-race anxiety? Do you have something to, to help you like bring that down or? Um, I don't have a huge amount of anxiety immediately before the race. Sometimes I'll have trouble sleeping before the race and gotcha. trouble sleeping actually has been, a been an issue for me even outside of racing. But at this point I've kind of got that down to a pretty good routine with, um, melatonin about an hour before I sleep. I use a face mask, earplugs and a white noise generator. Hey, there you go. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, like block out really use yeah. everything possible to help myself sleep because yeah. I've had a lot of trouble with it in the past. Yeah. Um, has, that, has that worked for you so far? Yeah. It's, okay. You know, that sometimes it'll still be 15, 20 minutes before I go to bed, but yeah. I've, I've had nights before where it would consistently take two to three hours to fall asleep. Oh, geez. Which, Whew. yeah, really cuts into, into your uh, yeah. training recovery your, right your there. Recovery, yeah. <laughs> so let's say you get your good night's sleep, you get up, mm-hmm. you go through that pre-race meal, um, intake pro- process. And then let's, let's go like right up before the race. I mean, what are you doing like to get yourself prepped and ready to go? Um, I guess cross would probably be the most consistently replicable example. I like to get to a cross race, uh, between two and three hours before, depending on when exactly the available pre-ride times are uh-huh. for any given schedule. But I like to get at least, um, one pre-ride session in, and again, depending on how they're spaced out, two would be really ideal. But so I'll take a couple pre-ride laps. And as I'm pre-riding, if at all possible, I like to try and follow uh, people who I know are faster than me. Yep. Because there, uh, there are a lot of people with a lot more experience than I have uh, racing cross. And they're going to probably pick some better lines. And I can learn uh, about the course from following them. And cross as a whole, it's always a learning yeah, experience. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then from there on out, I'll do my final prep. If I haven't pinned my numbers already, I'll do that. Um, take care of my kit fully kitted up and everything, which I might not be for pre-ride because I might want to be warm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Especially double, in yeah, exactly. <laughs> double, double check any, uh, mechanical stuff that I might need to look at. Uh, and then I have a 30 minute warm up routine that I start, uh, 40 minutes for the race. And then mm-hmm. from there, Toss that gel down and head to the start. Your warm-up nice. routine, is that a, a secret? Is that something you're... No, I mean, it's, it's just a, a set of intervals. Um, on the trainer? Depends. If I have access to a trainer, yeah. Would, would you rather do them on the trainer, um, usually? Depends on how warm it is. If it if it's above, like, 60 degrees, no. Mm-hmm. I, I have a tendency to really overheat on yeah. bikes. Um, but if it's if it's cold, then yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely on the trainer. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, real quick, are you willing to share with us? Do you have a national ranking in the crossing? I I don't know. I, I'm not following that. My my goal is just to get UCI points and I'll start paying more attention to that once I have it. Gotcha. But I have, mm-hmm. I have no idea what my national ranking is. Do you get a national ranking assigned to you based on how you finished at cross nationals? I think national ranking is more of a composite thing rather than oh, gotcha. based on one race. Gotcha. Got it. That does make sense. Um, How excited are you for the cross nationals to be in Seattle, Washington this year? I am ecstatic. It's going to be so nice to not travel and a course that I know. And I think a course that suits me fairly well. What's the date on that? Do you know? Or couldn't tell you the exact date, but I believe it's the second weekend in December. Okay. Cool. The first, the second full week is the non uh, elite stuff 
happens during the week before that. Gotcha. And so. to any mm-hmm. any um, Pacific Northwest listeners, you should go do watch. that. It's an awesome course, and you should know you should compete. Yeah. And then watch in the. Oh, the I was game. just going to go to watch. Yeah, I, I'm not going <laughs> to race in it because I'm not watch that me. caliber of a rider. But I definitely think I'm going to get up there this year, and I'm so mm-hmm. looking forward to going up there and taking my camera and just taking pictures all day long cool. of everybody in his. That's going to be so an awesome weekend. It should be a lot yeah. of fun. Um, and just a neat little factoid about Robert here, real quick. Three years ago. Robert's like, I think I'm going to try the cyclocross stuff. If I, my math is right, it was yeah. three years ago. Yeah, three years I ago, I have three seasons of cyclocross in me. So three far. years ago, Robert was a cap five cyclocross racer. <laughs> and those poor, that poor field. I was about to say, like, how the, <laughs> this is. He ascended so quickly to the elite status, it was almost comical. Yeah. Um, but I was a cap five for one race. Well, I still, yeah. I still even remember that from when we started this podcast a little bit ago. We were talking about you know your cyclocross races as you were going mm-hmm. along. I was like, yeah, no surprise. Yeah. Robert dominated the field and won by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so your first race was David Douglas? Uh, or was it no, Hemmere? No, my my first race was a uh, a PDX Trophy Cup race. It oh, was race. it? Yeah. So it was a, okay. It was a series <laughs> race, and they just kicked you out right away. Uh, I lapped the field. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did they just move you to the one, two, three fields like right after you lap? They're like, all right, no, we're on your side. <laughs> it was it was a little bit more gradual. So I did one race as a five, and then I completed um, completed the rest of the the series mm-hmm. as a, a three four, and then did all of uh, Cross Crusades, and I think the second half of the Portland area Grand Prix series as a two three. Okay, and then upgraded a two a one uh, after that. So a season and a half, roughly. Uh, one one season. One, season. one yeah. full season. I've only done four cross wow. races in my day, and I only did the the GP series. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have time, so my very first race. I've told this story before, and I know that we're getting a little long. And this will be quick. Um, <laughs> uh, it was funny because I lined up with the fives, thinking because I didn't know better <laughs> that that's just where you start. Because I thought it was just like the road scene. I didn't know that you could like you know self declare yeah. yeah. your, your whatever. So the uh, race promoter got on the PA and he so happens to know me. He's like, yeah, this is uh, Jake Fondering's first and his last cat five race before the race even started. And I think I won by a couple minutes on that one. Well, that's a problem with cyclocross is you'll get the road, you know, the roadies are like, oh, okay, I'll give this a yeah. shot. Do I have yeah. an FTP of 360? And they're like, I don't know. Is this where I go? <laughs> and I, think the same, I think the same thing happens on the road where it's like you have all these people oh, come over yeah. from mountain biking or cyclocross and you're oh, like, my, oh, my, you're not going to be here long. One of my one of my favorite yeah. road racing stories was I had heard Ben Knutes, who's yeah. the a triathlon Olympian mm-hmm. for America and a very strong road racer too. He, his first like Cat Five road race, he like started and then turned around. The field was gone and then just I was like, all right, I'm just gonna go now. And then went and obviously nobody saw him the rest of the race. There he was like, okay, I guess I shouldn't be a five. I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> my second race was out at Hetmere and I won by two and a half minutes on that one. And um, one of the over officials came up to me like, uh, do you mind moving up to Cat Three? I'm like, sure, no problem. Yeah. yeah. And I went up and yeah. I did two Cat Threes and won both of those races. And I was gonna move yeah. up to Cat Two, but um, I wasn't able to race anymore that season. Was looking forward to doing that last year and for obvious reasons wasn't able to race. And so yeah. I'm hopefully gonna go out and race as a Cat to this That's what I was so looking nice. forward to. It. Yeah, there we go. Ooh, is that going to be a Robert, Ver- Robert, and Jake working together day? Are you both going to be there? Well, we're te- we're on different teams for cross. So yeah, oh, sure. for cross, yeah. for cross. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, we'll go out, and I will never risk against Robert. Um, so my money's on Robert. You going to do masters? <laughs> huh? do masters or are you going to do open? I don't know. I, whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah, <laughs> get my butt handed to me this year because I'm not um, all that great with. Uh, <laughs> My physical health, my shoulder, my ankle are going to be kind of a, an issue out there, but cross, I'll, I'll yeah. go out there and give it a shot. We'll see. So, yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. Let's jump into one last thing. Matt, you want to one last, one last thing? Is? Uh, I don't have too much. You know, I did a video talking about bike gearing and it's a, 
I would say it's maybe slightly um, targeting people that are kind of curious about like how bike gears work. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe people that are slightly new to biking. Um, but it was it's pretty it's a pretty fun video um, because it kind of gets into like you know if you're in certain gear combinations, how far does your bike travel, and some kind of mm-hmm. cool little pieces. Uh, and it's a slightly longer video. So if you're um, new to cycling or you're just kind of interested in a gearing and stuff like that, and like what do people mean when they talk about you know their 1128 cassette or whatever it is, and those numbers don't mean anything to you, definitely check out that video on YouTube. On the surface, that might sound like bike gearing, really. You want yeah. me to go watch a video on that? <laughs> no, seriously, go watch it because it's educational. It's an it informative, is. and it's it's something that it's everybody important. can learn from. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that are new to the sport that don't understand what cross-chaining is or how mm-hmm. to you know mm-hmm. put yeah. themselves in an optimal situation so that their, their right. gear ratios are, are appropriate for what they're trying to accomplish. It'll actually teach you something, and there may or may not be a topic on this podcast coming up that, oh, yeah. will, um, cool. that will fit right into. So Jump there's a lot of terminology and stuff. And just says on the road, we're going to one by systems now yeah. it's yeah i mean like we had to look that's st- like right my, yeah i no. just sit there and think i'd be like okay, i have no like, idea what, what a 50 right well you I mean, know 26 yeah. translates to so that's <laughs> and no one's born with this knowledge so no, like don't no. you know don't be too proud no this to, is a very advanced like algorithm right. and it's like yeah i mean when you're when you start talking about like okay well gear ratios for a one by system like what do i need to climb certain yeah. things like or or what do I need to have something comparable to what I had when I had a two by system yep. or whatever mm-hmm. it is that all that stuff is there and it's, you know, you can calculate it. It's not too, it's not too hard once you no. learn how to do it or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty fun to kind of dig into. Um, I had fun making the video. Uh, it was more intensive than usual. <laughs> I usually try to make a couple of videos in a week or whatever and try and crank them out. But this one was just, it took way too much time. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, you guys can check out the channel, youtube.com slash M Legrand, M L E G R A N D. Uh, fun stuff. I think I'm going to post a video about those envy wheels that I got from nice. you. Evan. Yep. I think I'm going to post those yep. something, some sort of like unboxing video mm-hmm. next. That's yeah. maybe sometime this week if I can get to it. Yep. Sweet. Are there going to be more graphics in that? <laughs> no good gracious your graphics were awesome man you they, knocked those things i think they're oh, great so. i hate it oh so so the if you guys watch the gearing video there's some like animation pieces in there and it's that's the stuff it's like i took time to do that and i was like why did i do that it's like way too much work for what it's worth um they're cool yeah the unboxing stuff will just be like me cutting open a box it'll be much easier <laughs> nothing complex but yeah check gotcha. it out Evan, one last thing. Uh, my one last thing is that, so we talked about the PDX at Blue Lake Triathlon. Yeah. Robbie Holterman did the duathlon there. Oh my gosh. Which I think is just when we're talking about for for anybody who does not know, Robbie had had uh, a stroke this last year. And right see, at the new year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was it Six was months ago. the first yeah. week of January, wasn't it? Yeah. It was right before. It was like the 28th or something like that. 28th of yeah. December, yeah. So to see that is only... What is it, six months ago? Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. He's, I mean, he, he's and running so well, right? He now. also, yeah, he was running like, he's running I think he's faster this year than he was oh, last yeah. year. I, I would so need to look sure. back at that, but he didn't race the duathlon last year, but I think if he would have, I don't think he'd be racing as fast as I he think just he's did right significantly now. faster running. And I think it's probably cause you know, like that's, he's focusing on that. Yeah. It's easier for him time-wise to just it do was, that. It's and good. he looked great after the race. He was happy. He yelled at me him. while he was on the bike, which means he was yeah. comfortable. So I got to see him yeah. in the in the race itself, which is super fun. Yeah. I might have some GoPro footage of that. There you go. I might mm-hmm. have to find that somewhere. Yeah. 
Do you have me in there too? When you uh-huh. yelled at me I as do. you were coming by? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'll <laughs> see if I can figure that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I went out there to watch yesterday for two reasons. One, my wife was doing the, um, uh-huh. the duathlon out there. So I wanted yeah. to go out there and support her. Yep. And the other thing was I wanted to see everybody on the dial triathlon team, everything yeah. that they were doing. So it's I'm, such a cool community now. Oh my God, there's yeah. so many different things going on there. There's different races going off at all the times. People going oh, yeah. different directions. Crazy. It's just like you need air, contra- air traffic control to, to yeah. orchestrate this race. It's a professional sport tracking like, everybody there. And I'm yeah. like, I want to, I'm, I'm used to like a road race. Like everybody's going to go around doing that and you yep. just sit in one spot and you could take pictures of everybody well that was my other goal is to go take pictures of as many people as i possibly could because you know it's kind of nice to have those things and i like doing yeah. it I, I there's still people that i miss but robbie for whatever reason i was at the Stood right out. place all the time i got pictures of yep. him doing everything so i got a bunch of great pictures mm-hmm. that it was um i was able to post up for for him to have so okay. super yeah. proud i'm super proud of that guy yeah. oh yeah it was it's i mean awesome. every everybody on the team did great yesterday yep. it was cool to see fun robert one last thing um, I'm going to go with, <clears throat> excuse me, one last thing that's not too directly related to cycling, but a uh, happy pride month as a non-binary person. Mm-hmm. Um, now is a great time to find a preferably local charity for, um, nice. queer, non-binary, LGBTQA, etc. um, to donate to. Mm-hmm. I wish we had another hour. I'd love to talk to you about this more. Can, if you don't mind, can you just, for somebody that, that kind of knows about like this much, and I'm holding up a, mm-hmm. a, a sliver mm-hmm. yeah, of yeah. my, my fingers here. Um, what is non-binary? Um, so my understanding of gender is one that is really heavily based around um, presentation rather than any sort of biological absolute. Mm-hmm. And so how I feel most comfortable with presenting myself in terms of what one might think of classically with gender mm-hmm. varies from day to day. So right now, for instance, I'm just wearing some um, some chrome shorts and a short sleeve button up, but I really love to also present in a way that would be more classically feminine or female. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a number of different ways that people might identify as non-binary, um, but within that I fall as gender queer. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you can pretty easily just do some research on uh, just by Googling uh, non-binary gender identity. That's what, awesome. Would you say with, with with your own experience that living in Portland has been like very positive yes, in that, in that yes, aspect with that very community? Much so. I think I think nationally that that's known as that. But I know this month to Portland's very important. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. And for me, it's just something that I've just never been exposed to. I mean, I yeah. grew up in a, a sleepy little town. <laughs> I grew up in that, Ohio, yeah. so <laughs> you know, and, and it's just it was just never like I didn't have anybody that I ran in those circles with. Mm-hmm. Nobody in my family. I do have. Uh, a step uncle who is gay and mm-hmm. you know and I didn't know that until like a lot of us didn't know that until like way like down the road I mean yeah. he, he had a wife and kids and all that stuff yep. and then he ended yep. up you know just going in a different direction it was like all right you know and to yeah. me and I was talking about uh, this with somebody not too long ago it was like I don't mm-hmm. really care anything about anything as long as you're a good person oh, and yeah. you're mm-hmm. not an a-hole <laughs> and yeah, you've got a good heart <laughs> and you and you can like live your life with love. I mean, yeah. that's all it really boils down to. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever makes you happy and whatever makes you feel comfortable in your skin, that's great. I'm going to support mm-hmm. that. And I think that's Absolutely. great. And, and I think that's one of the things that I love about Robert. He's just he's a gentle, kind mm-hmm. soul. And, you yeah. know, the fact that he's non-binary, that's cool. For me, yeah. I think that's cool because it's something that I get to learn. You know, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's an opportunity for me not to be judgmental or that's just not my MO. I mean, I get to mm-hmm. learn from this person and I'm like, all right, that's what makes him tick. And yeah. there's other people that feel the same way that he does. And that's great because they're good people yeah. that's all that matters I so. think I think that's the coolest part about being around the Portland community is you get to yeah. see that there doesn't need to be this 
I don't even know how to put a like political stigma around what, what, whatever we may be talking about. It's just, there's so many good people on both sides and being in that Portland community that celebrates that mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah. yeah. The worst word that it's nice that said it's it. also during June too, cause it's nice outside. <laughs> so like all the things going on outside, yeah, we actually, yeah. it's only like in October, which would be <laughs> the worst thing that has been said in this podcast today is making something political. And, and yeah. some people might yeah. disagree with me on that. Like you have to make certain things political in order for them to get recognition for them to be fixed. That's, but yeah. the, as soon as we can, like stop making things political and just like have an honest discussion and talk with people and learn and yeah. accept that that's what it really matters. Uh, yeah. That's just my two cents. And for me, I mean, I live here in Camas, Washington, which is a stone's throw away from Portland. And there's a lot of stuff that I've been naive to. I'm in my forties that I've been naive to my entire life. I'm like, you hear it, but you don't really like assimilate it. You don't understand mm-hmm. what it is, but I've been, had a chance to get to meet some pretty cool people. And I think that that's awesome. Yeah. And, and Robert being one of those people, I mean, that's pretty awesome. So thank you. Thank yeah. you for enriching my life a little bit more, my friend. So, mm-hmm. um, and one other thing, these little things slip with me all the time. And I was like, yeah, why did I do that? Pronouns. They're then theirs. They, them, theirs. Okay. They, them, theirs. Got it. I don't think I've ever asked you and I've let it slip before and I'm sure you, you've heard it and you probably just like, eh, I don't know if it bothers it's, you. It's, I get misgendered all the time. My family still does it. Um, I know people, I know some people who would be, uh, considerably more offended by it. Yeah. Um, so if you do have people in your life that choose to be open about this, uh-huh. um, with you certainly work to respect that with them. Um, but it's not the biggest deal for me gotcha mm-hmm. all right well we'll have to come up with a system if i use the wrong pronoun you get to like i don't know kick my drop you drop you on a climb like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean he'll do that anyway but that's yeah, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> thanks for bringing up prime pride prime month and um pride month and i think it's cool i'm glad that we mentioned it on the podcast too because a lot of us you know i don't want to i don't want it to like go unnoticed for sure. sure. And mm-hmm. I think it's awesome for people to be able to like recognize the fact that there are opportunities to donate to charity organizations and things like that, that they can really, do you have one Robert that you like prefer over others? Um, honestly, your local homeless shelter is a, a really great place to start. Make sure that they are friendly to, um, queer and trans youth because yeah. trans trans kids are oh, really, really overrepresented in the homeless population okay. because their families will kick them out a lot. Mm-hmm. So if you have a local homeless shelter and go check out, make sure that they are, are queer trans friendly. Um, that would be a really easy, great place to start locally. Mm-hmm. Are there I'm, other events in the Portland area with pride month being this month that you're aware of as far as like anything? Um, honestly, no, I, I think there's a lot just going I'm, on downtown right now. Yeah. So yeah, as I, as I mentioned earlier, socially, I'm not the most involved person. Yep. Uh-huh. And that certainly... Uh, too busy riding his bike. Includes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that includes... Saturday, the, uh, Sundays. Yeah. The larger queer community. But my emphasis would be try and do local things as much as possible and mm-hmm. local um, organizations rather than staying away from the... And That's try and stay away from the larger, more national yeah. corporate yeah. stuff because that ends up um, being a less effective use of your money. Yeah. Cool. Correct. I think Great. from what I was seeing, there were some restaurants downtown in Portland that are giving some of their proceeds in June to different charity so just like facebook or instagramming or facebooking that i guess okay. probably should i should get you know actually active on instagram before i <laughs> try and find that but there's well, a search bar there right yeah well thank you robert appreciate that and thanks Absolutely. for joining us um my one last thing is um today is june 3rd yeah. this podcast is going to come out on june 5th mm-hmm. june 5th will be one year ago that i got mowed by a car oh, with that ju- oh man the Such one year long. anniversary so i believe it's that long ago that is kind of wild to think that that was a year ago. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> there's some, there, there like are some parts of me that feel like it was an eternity to go, and there's some parts of it it's like, oh, God, it's, it's already been a year. Mm-hmm. And the fact that as we sit here, my shoulder's still aching. It's still got the burning feeling. It's still got the tingling and the soreness and the tightness. 
that's just a constant reminder. It's the fact that mm-hmm. I was out on my bike yesterday. I was doing a little track stand at a, um, a stoplight and my mm-hmm. ankle kind of turned the wrong way and that, that cartilage yeah. in there bit a little bit. And I was like, ah, oh, that yeah. hurt. And like thinking to myself, am I going to be able to race tomorrow when that happened? But I have constant reminders of mm-hmm. that. And, and then seeing that, that, um, post on that the the gentleman that got hit by the car mm-hmm. um that the john worst and you know seeing the picture of the car and the windshield all pushed in from where you know like sean like was embedded into the car if you will and mm-hmm. that just all makes it all seem like shockingly real and close so um how are we going to celebrate that the question has been asked to me like what are you going to do for that are you going to do yeah. something for your anniversary and is that something that you call an anniversary i'm like do you celebrate i don't know well <laughs> Um, my thing is you, you got to get back on the horse. And so, uh, you'll be seeing a, a ride come out on our Strava, uh, group. You, we're posting it up. My myself and Sean are going to lead a ride and we're going to do the exact that's same what route. I was about wow. to ask. Okay. And that'll be my first time going back there in a year. I oh, went wow. up a little, a short way up Gibson just doing a trainer, yeah. but I've never, I haven't ridden back into Washougal proper yet. So mm-hmm. we're going to go back okay. there and do that. Most of that, that, that triple crown ride. An awesome ride too. I love that yeah. triple crown ride. It That's is absolutely favorites. stunning. Are you going to go like yeah. throw some rocks through some car windows, pee in a, <laughs> pee in a gas tank or something? Or? Um, I don't know about that, okay. but um, okay. we're going to go out there and just, um, it'd be kind of fun if, if a lot of people showed up because yeah. it's always good to have more cyclists out there and we'll do mm-hmm. our best to be nice to cars and we just want to be in a... Nice cars. There. Yeah. Oh, nice cars. Oh, okay. So different direction. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> um, we just want to have an awareness of people out there too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, show some respect to us and we'll do the same and um, yep. stay off your phones and, and be safe on the roads and know that we're all good people at the end of the day. Um, we want to help people and, you know, I'm somebody's father, I'm somebody's husband and I'm somebody's son, you know, just mm-hmm. remember that. And just about everybody's got one of those people in their lives. Yeah. Um, yep. Respect people do it and then uh we will have our friday right again our little fog hat friday yeah and the fog hat people are like what the heck's fog hat do you guys know the band fog hat yes yeah, yeah, yeah song slow ride mm-hmm. take uh-huh. so that's the gotcha. whole premise behind that so <laughs> i was just gonna let that go for i was like fog hat whatever okay <laughs> did that just click with you yep. that just clicked, just clicked. Yes. <laughs> i was super late to that party <laughs> i don't know i was just looking for something that rhymed with friday and like yeah fog hat oh easy right oh yeah that works right. so <laughs> might be cheesy but you know like maybe it. it'll stick so Anyway, Robert, thank you again for coming in. Thank you. It's you always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's always a pleasure. Matt and Evan, um, great job. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. we're okay too. We're, yeah, you know, it's not I mean, as quite as great as having Robert here, but it was, you know, we're it here. Was, it was like special. an A from Robert, C minus from Evan, <laughs> yeah. and Matt, but that's okay. That's that's par. Uh, if you guys are C minus, I'm a D plus. So it's <laughs> okay. Robert brought us up today. Good job. <laughs> um, we uh, appreciate everybody that listens to this. I really do. Um, enjoy hearing from all of you guys and i've had a lot of people over the last week again just talk to me about how they enjoy the podcast and they'll, they'll reference stuff and they'll they'll tell me that you know they're they listen to it for the first time or they're binge listening to it mike i just can't believe that i can't believe that we've got people in over 34 countries that have listened to this podcast mm-hmm. so if you're in a different country hey kudos thank you thank um, you Say, mm-hmm. say hi to us on our uh, our social media, the at yeah. Val podcast on Facebook or um, Instagram. You know, just tell us where you're listening from. I'd love to hear from you. Um, so would Matt and Evan and Lance mm-hmm. and Robert. Yeah. I'm sure he would uh, like to have some people like say hi to you as well. So absolutely, yeah. um, a lot of a lot of cyclocrossing riding European country listeners too. Yeah. Like when we talk about the different <laughs> countries that we're listening, we got you know there was, and I challenge a sponsor out there to give Evan and, and uh, Robert. A little something something who knows yeah. a little free stuff or maybe write them a check help these guys out and they them how would i say that god dang it <laughs> i already screwed it up robert's gonna kick my butt help them out all right that's one drop <laughs> ride that's one drop climb <laughs> the list is gonna grow all right anyway uh thank you all for listening we really do appreciate it we will see you next week bye for now